This is Jocko Podcast number 140 with Echo Charles and me, Jocko Willink. Good evening, Echo. Good evening. If you can keep your head when all about you are losing theirs and blaming it on you. If you can trust yourself when all men doubt you, but make allowance for their doubting too. If you can wait and not be tired by waiting or being lied about, don't deal in lies or being hated, don't give way to hating and yet don't look too good nor talk too wise. If you can dream and not make dreams your master, if you can think and not make thoughts your aim, if you can meet triumph and disaster and treat those two imposters just the same, if you can bear to hear the truth you've spoken, twisted by knaves to make a trap for fools, or watch the things you gave your life to broken, and stoop and build them up with worn out tools. If you can make one heap of all your winnings and risk it on one turn of pitch and toss and lose and start again at your beginnings and never breathe a word about your loss. If you can force your heart and nerve and sinew to serve your turn long after they are gone and so hold on when there is nothing in you except the will which says to them, hold on. If you can talk with crowds and keep your virtue, or walk with kings nor lose the common touch, if neither foes nor loving friends can hurt you, if all men count with you but none too much, if you can fill the unforgiving minute with 60 seconds worth of distance run, yours is the earth and everything that's in it. And, which is more, you'll be a man, my son. And that, of course, is the classic poem, which is called If. And it's by Rudyard Kipling. And of course, we have covered some of his less, I guess, famous, his less famous poems on this podcast. We covered infantry columns, which a lot of people don't know the name infantry columns, but that's the, the, the poem that talks about boots, boots, boots. Moving up and down. Yeah, yeah. that one. We read The Young British Soldier, which is about Afghanistan. We, wrote, we read a bit of Tommy. And, of course, Kipling was an incredible writer. And he talked a lot about war, talked a lot about being a man. And his own son, his one son, John, was killed in World War One at the Battle of Luz and These are great poems. And I recently read a, a poem called Mental Cases by Wilfred Owen. And when, when we got done with that podcast, I actually said I should have read it again. 
and I didn't. I just said, hey, go back to the beginning and listen to it again. But I should have actually picked it apart a little bit because it's kind of like what I said about Shakespeare when we did Henry V. And I said, you can't get frustrated with Shakespeare. You, you can't think that you're just going to read Shakespeare and just get it. It, it, just doesn't, it doesn't work that way. There's more to it than that. There's more depth there. There's words you might not know. There's references that might not be obvious. There's, and it's, it's the same thing when you look at poems like this. There's more to them than you can get with just like reading it, right? There's, there's layers, layers is what we're talking about. Mm-hmm. So the, the poem that I just read, If, is, like I said, it's a classic. It's read often. It should be read, but there's, and, and that's part of the reason why I didn't cover it for a long time because I kind of thought everyone just knew it. Mm-hmm. Thought everyone, oh yeah, everyone knows that. Everyone knows that poem. Everyone's read that poem, but it's actually not true. Mm-hmm. Talk to a lot of people. And I'd say, oh yeah, well, it's like if. And they say, oh, what's that? Mm-hmm. So in order to sort of solve that problem, we covered on the podcast, and now people will hear this poem and learn from it. And I want to spend a little bit of time breaking it down because there's all kinds of important lessons in it that are really solid, really solid guidance. And then when we understand it, then I'll go back and read it again. The way it's supposed to hit you when you know what's going on. Mm-hmm. So breaking it down a little bit. There's a, And there's themes in this that we've heard, I've talked about, and they're just consistent through time. So here it starts off, if you can keep your head when all about you are losing theirs and blaming it on you. This one's pretty self-explanatory. Keep your head, don't lose your temper. Stifle your emotions, as I once said on this podcast. (laughs) And it's saying, especially when everyone else around you is not only losing their temper, but on top of that, they're blaming you. Mm. This is a little bit of ownership here. This is a little bit of extreme ownership. And I've talked about that. When someone blames you for something, you know what you do? You say, yeah, you're right. It is my fault. This is what I'm going to do to fix it. Mm-hmm. You pathetic. You don't say that part. Don't say that you part. keep that to yourself. Mm-hmm. When, when there's a problem and people are blaming it on you, own it. Own it. And don't lose your temper. Stifle your emotions. Next line. If you can trust yourself when all men doubt you, but make allowance for their doubting too. There's a little dichotomy here, right? So you gotta be confident, of course, right? Trust yourself, that's what it means. Believe in yourself. Even when other people are doubting you, you gotta trust that you're doing the right thing. You gotta trust that you're capable. You gotta trust that you can make this happen. That's what it means to trust yourself when all men doubt you. But there's a dichotomy here, and this is so important because that because what that means, what that one line alone could lead to is, hey, I'm just going to be overconfident, right? Mm-hmm. I'm confident. Hey, I'm right. Everyone else is wrong. You don't get it. Mm-hmm. That's not what's being said here because there's a but. That's the dichotomy part. The but is the dichotomy part. Because while you got to believe in yourself, yes, and at the same time, you also have to make allowance for their doubts. That means you have to understand that you might have some issues. You might not be perfect. You might be wrong. You might not be as smart or as talented or as squared away as you think you are. And your idea that you came up with might not be the best one. Mm. So yes, you gotta have confidence, even when people are doubting you, but you gotta remember that they could be doubting you for a good reason. You could be wrong. You should always have that in the back of your head. 
That's the dichotomy. Humble, confident, but humble. That's what we're talking about. Next line. If you can wait and not be tired by waiting. Patience. That's about patience. I think I've told this. Have I told the story about being on a ship and waiting for chow? Not that I can remember. Okay, so I was on my first deployment as a SEAL on a ship in the Navy. Mm-hmm. We're overseas. We're, we're spending a lot of time at sea. And to eat food, which was, I'm not going to say it was scarce, mm. but they'd feed you three times a day. And, and on the type of ship I was on, an amphibious ship, there's uh, several hundred Marines on board. Obviously, there's the sailors that run the ship. There's SEALs. We're you know, an 18-man SEAL platoon on there. But everyone's got to be fed mm. when it's chow time. And so everyone would go line up for chow. You get in line, and the line would be long. And depending on how hungry you are, maybe you want to get up there a little early. Anyways, to make a long story short, so we get in line, and whatever, for whatever reason, they got this rule that you're not allowed to lean on the bulkhead. You know what a bulkhead is? In a plane, I do. In yeah. a plane, what is it? That front part. Yeah, that's the front the, part. You know, on a, it's a wall. Yeah, Basically that, on a ship or an aircraft, it's a wall. It's a bulkhead. Mm. So for whatever reason, in the Navy, standing in the chow line, you're not supposed to lean on the bulkhead. So okay. imagine this. You're going to be standing there for, you're standing three inches from a wall, but you're not supposed to lean on it. Yeah. Now, this isn't a, a three-minute stand. Mm. This is half an hour. This is 40 minutes waiting for the chow to open up and then serve everybody. Right. And I remember I learned something about patience Mm -hmm. because then you get these guys that you know the people that they have a little bit of authority and they're gonna use it sure and if given the opportunity they will abuse it they're gonna take it to the next level (laughs) so there'd be some guys not all of them I was always my goal to make friends with anybody that had anything to do with feeding us on a ship I wanted to be their bro because then you get enough couple extra chicken nuggets <laughs> you know sure. maybe you get an extra scoop full of ravioli yep. which is which is uh, which is important important yeah big time yeah. especially when you're trying to pack on the mass right sure. so i try to be friends with all those people but some of those guys they didn't care about friends right they mm. had that authority yeah. and one of this one guy i remember he had the authority it was he was in charge of making sure that line was you know maintained discipline in sure. the line, that was his deal. Yeah, yeah. He has a badge of some kind. I want to say he was a master at arms, which is a a, a job in the navy. I think he, this guy was actually a master at arms, mm. so he had some kind of badge, right? Yeah. So that takes that authority attitude up one, maybe two notches. Yeah, right? yeah, yeah. he's well, coming at you. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so, so I'm standing in line one day, and I'm leaning on the bulkhead. Am I being a little bit lazy? Sure. I'm, I'm telling you, it's a long deployment, right? Mm-hmm. I'm leaning on the bulkhead. He comes over. Hey, no leaning on the bulkhead. Mm-hmm. And you know what I did? What? Got off the bulkhead. Mm-hmm. I just stood up straight. Didn't get mad. Didn't get angry. He's doing his job. Not supposed to lean on the bulkhead. Just normal face. Yep, okay. Yeah. Was I a broken man? <laughs> Was I a broken man? Did my, did my will break? Mm-hmm. I don't think so. Mm-hmm. What I did was I accepted. I was able to wait and and not be tired by waiting. So yeah. be patient. This this the moral yeah. of that line. Well, technically, you weren't able to wait without getting tired because you leaned on the bulkhead. Right. You got corrected. I got corrected. 
and then I got untired. Gotcha. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> then you, yeah, man. All right. Next line. Or being lied about, don't deal in lies. Mm-hmm. People are going to lie about you. Tell the truth. Tell the truth about what's going on. Getting caught in the web of lies, not fun. No. Not fun. And you see, you see it happen with people. I'm trying to think. You remember when you were a little kid and you'd think you'd get away with some little web of lies? Oh, yeah. Like, yeah, yeah. Or you see your kids do it. Yeah. They, they tell a little lie about something and the web just <laughs> encapsulates them. But adults do that, too. Yeah, you know, fully. you see that happen. You see that happen with uh, in politics. Yeah. You know, I never did this. You know what I mean? And then they have video. They have audio. Mm-hmm. And it's just if, if that person would have said, hey, this is what I did. Yeah. This is what I did. I'm sorry. It's a bad mistake. Mm-hmm. Uh, I, I throw myself to the judgment of the people. Mm-hmm. Right. OK, fair enough. Yeah. But instead, they make up some lie about. I'm not. I'm not. I've never seen that woman before in my life. Yeah. You know? yeah. Oh, really? <laughs> we have a video of you. Yeah, yeah. Apparently, quite acquainted with this woman. Yeah. Or whatever. So yeah, don't get in the the web of lies. It's not going to help you. Next line, or being hated. Don't give way to hating. Now, what's interesting about this is we actually have a name for these people now, mm-hmm. right? Haters. Haters. <laughs> right. Sure. That's a that's a new word. I don't well, think there was such a thing as haters. When I was a kid, yeah. there was no such thing as haters. Yeah. There was Hate. someone that didn't like you, you wouldn't say that person's a hater. Yeah. No, it wasn't a thing. Well, there's an added, like, sprinkled in element when you say hater. Haters typically is like. Someone that hates everybody. No, someone who hates. Everything. No, it's when there's an element of jealousy in there. That's what, the, oh, that's what a hater okay, is. Okay, so like, I actually nailed this then. I actually, so as I was thinking about this, that's kind of what I thought. Some people aren't going to like you. For whatever reason, but oftentimes the reason isn't you. Yeah. It's actually them, right? Yeah, yeah that's <laughs> it. Hater. It's them. It's their they hate your success, they hate your happiness, they hate their they hate the fact that you got whatever it is that they want, right? That's jealousy. Yeah. So yeah, some people are going to get you know, they're gonna be haters. Yeah. And so the recommendation here is don't 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 give it back to them. Yeah. There's a you ever heard that the opposite of love isn't hate, the opposite of love is indifference. Yeah. So the opposite of hate is indifference too, right? Just, yeah, yeah. Whatever. Right, right. That's sort of my recommended recommended course of action. Hmm. Someone that hates the fact that you're winning. I kind of feel sorry for him, right? But yeah, everyone you got to move kinda, past that, I guess. Yeah, if you get by the emotional part when someone's hating on you. <laughs> um, yeah, you do kind of feel, I mean, you can, depends on who you are, I guess. But you can kind of feel sorry for him because it's like, it's kind of a lonely, like, Actually, play. I, think, Not, I, I think when I say I feel sorry for him, I think that's almost like a little bit of a, that's a little bit of ego of mine too, of like a little dig, like, I, like I feel sorry for that. Right, person, right, like right. Kind it's of a defense mechanism of my own. I think you know what I mean. To, yeah. It's kind of a, it's kind of a back, it's a backhanded insult, yeah. right? Yeah. You don't. Oh, you know, Echo said this about you. You know, I actually feel sorry for him. Yeah, it's almost like that guy's so low. So yeah. there's, I think there's a little bit of ego there from yeah. my point when I say something like that. Yeah, I know. So that's why I think indifference is might maybe the better step. Like, yeah. hey, whatever, man. Yeah. Hey, some people are gonna like me. Some people, aren't. Yes, I'm good with it. 
We're yeah. moving on over here. And we there's, work a, to do. there's a culture of embracing that too. You know how people will be like, hey, if you if you don't have haters, you're doing something wrong or something like that. Like they'll say that kind of stuff. Uh, to me, you know how you talk about how someone says, hey, that's just the way I am. That's my personality. Yeah. To me, that is brushing up against it, it right? That. Yeah. Hey, it could be. A, you know, if some people some people gonna hate me. That's the way it is. It's like, mm, no, actually. Yeah. Let's think about at least. Let's account for it a little bit. Let's let's figure out, you know, maybe why. Yeah, yeah. I actually, sometimes. I mean, this is kind of a smaller deal than even warrants me talking about it. But something tells me you're going to do it anyway. I'm going to do it anyway. <laughs> I mean, in the spirit of trying to understand the nature of haters and we're being actually talking on. on a podcast right now about the nature of haters. <laughs> <It's> true. <laughs> <laughs> well, some would say, hey, if you don't have haters, you're doing something wrong, meaning you're not doing something big enough for the jealous people in the world oh, to wow. be jealous of. This, is, a, sort of this is like a whole this is a whole area that we just don't want to deal with. Right. <laughs> I mean, seriously. Right. This is like it's true. Man. This is like the area that we're just not. Yeah. That, that's why I think that's what's good. What the statement here. Don't being hated. Don't give way to hating. Just yeah. D- yeah. Indifferent. Move yeah. on. Makes Let's sense. not worry about it. Yeah. And next line, that's where I'm or going. analyze it. Yeah. 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 All right. Next, and yet, don't look too good nor talk too wise. Don't look too good nor talk too wise. So this is this is important because this is a little bit of dichotomy too. Of hey, don't give way to hating. Don't deal in lies. But at the same time, saying don't look too good or talk too wise. So you got to keep it real, basically, and you yeah. don't want to be. A know-it-all. You don't want to talk down to people. You don't want to be the 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 person that uh, comes across like, oh, I would. I'm virtuous. I'm more virtuous than you. That's mm. what that line is, right? Don't try and look too good, like you would never do anything wrong. It's like, oh, that guy got in trouble. That guy got caught in a web of lies. Instead of you know jump, it's like, okay, you know what? He made a mistake. Hope good luck to him. I hope he can figure it out. Mm. Hope he finds the right path out mm. of his situation. Instead of. You're talking like, oh, I'm I, that would never happen to me because I'm virtuous, yeah, or talk too wise, which is you know, I know everything, right? Yeah, I think that's yeah, people that are trying to come across. You know, remember when we were on with Captain Charlie Plum mm. and Jim Kunkel, and they were trying to drag me into the, being like them. Mm. They're kind, you know, they're like hey, you know, we're warrior warriors like you, Jocko, and and I was like, no, guys, no, no yeah, like you that. guys yeah. are totally like not just not just like more heroic than me, but on top of that, better people. Like I'm like a rat running around sure. compared to those guys, mm-hmm. and and so yeah, I'm not ever trying to be, you know, a guy that's saying, oh yeah, well I'm 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 virtuous and you're not, no. Hey man, we're all struggling. Yeah. Could this mean to, you know, it says don't look too good nor too wise. Like, um, you know how? Okay, this is the concept where you know when people make speeches or they'll they'll have some sales pitch or something, and they'll want every word to be perfect. Mm-hmm. But then when a when a sales pitch is like super perfect, it doesn't connect as well as if it's just a person talking normal to That's you. That's true. You know, saying um yep. and all this. 
just that idea you know like so if someone's focusing so hard on being like perfect in every way and like knowing every single possible thing and just yeah, yeah. not showing any flaws like focusing on it maybe that's a mistake because they kind of no, create I, a disconnect I, I actually i don't think that's what this is talking about but mm. i think it is correct yeah. so i'm gonna give you an example from my perspective one of the reasons that podcasts right now do really well is because they're normal people talking like normal people yeah. and i think that if if pod and and there are podcasts out there that are way polished and everything, yeah. and I don't like to listen to those podcasts that are all polished, right? I, I don't. Right. I, there's very few. Actually, I can't think of any uh, any of the podcasts that I actually like are that are polished to that nth degree, yeah. right? Because that's when you're talking about you know a highly produced with the background music and the all that stuff. Mm-hmm. Like those podcasts, I I don't I don't like those as much. Yeah, I don't like those. But and even when you talk about the produced podcast, like Hardcore History, he's still talking. You know, right. he's he's still talking. I mean, obviously Joe Rogan, obviously Tim Ferriss, uh, even Martyr Made, right? Martyr Made, he's 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 talking, right? He's not just making things happen. So, I think there's something to that. There's mm-hmm. something to the fact that we're not talking about doing everything perfect for sure. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, G- agree. Yeah. I think if if this podcast, what would this podcast would be sound like? It'd be like, "Welcome to, welcome to the Jocko Podcast. This is episode one hundred and forty. We're here to talk to you today about Rudyard Kipling. He was born in pa pa pa, and just yeah, yeah. one of those. Who wants to listen to that? Yeah, yeah, I yeah, I dig. Yeah, the, the if it sounds like well, because because I think anyway, and it has a lot to do with like what you're used to, you know, mm-hmm. where like if you're used to like a polished presentation and then all of a sudden it's not polished, it's like, oh, he kind of fumbled through that one. Well, there's a difference between not polished and I have also heard podcasts that are not prepared or not professional, right? Oh, like yeah, yeah. The, that, that's another, sure. the other end of the spectrum. And you can, there's a dichotomy because yeah. you can go too far. Sometimes right. I think people just, they think, well, Joe Rogan, he just presses record and talks. Yeah. And yeah. they think that that's just what yeah. that is, right? Oh, I can do, do that. Yeah. I'll just press record and I'll talk with this other guy. Yeah. And then you then you listen to them and you think there's a reason why Joe Rogan is so popular. Yes, sir. The reason that Joe, Joe Rogan is so popular is because even when he's just conversing, he's got a skill set that he was probably born with, and then he honed it as a comedian, and then he honed it as an actor, then he honed it as a as a announcer for the mm-hmm. UFC, and then he started this podcast, and so he was already good at it, and then he's done. 1500 podcasts that are two three and four hours long so guess what you get good at figuring out you listen to yourself and go oh that didn't sound good Mm -hmm. and so so there's a big difference yes there's podcasts that people just think they're going to hit record and just talk and it's going to be super cool Mm -hmm. dichotomy not cool (laughs) yeah sure hard to listen to some of those are hard to listen to yeah got to gut through them yeah so check all right next line if you can dream and not make dreams your master. That one's pretty, pretty, that's a pretty awesome line, right? Mm-hmm. That's a pretty awesome line. And there's, uh, it's a dichotomy. Yes, dream, but don't make them your master. Don't make dreams your, live in reality, right? Yeah, okay, gotcha. Live yeah. in reality, not mm-hmm. in the world of dreams. If your dreams are your master, what are you actually doing? Daydreaming all day. Daydreaming all day. You got to make something happen. Yeah, yeah. That's what's got to go down. Next, very similar, if you can think and not make thoughts your aim. So, yes, of course, think. But don't 
make your goal to sit around and think. And I think in my mind, when I hear this, maybe I'm my own personal bias is coming into it. This seems like a little shot at philosophers Mm-mm. and academics, right? That sit around all day and what they're doing is they're thinking. That's what they do. Mm-hmm. A little shot at those guys. Because don't make thoughts your aim. You want to actually go and do things. You want to make things happen. You want to live. Mm-hmm. There's a difference there. Yeah. And that's a, actually that's like a because you know how like I, th- I feel like you're kind of the example of that. Like when I start saying, even, whether it be on this thing or, or even in real life, where I'll start explaining something because I'll be super interested in like how this thing works. And hey, did you see what happened there? Expl- and then your attitude has always been like, yeah, okay, like okay. Give me an example. Uh, and what do you mean by real life? The outside of recording. <laughs> so I'll okay. like analyze like if someone's like if I were to talk about haters, like I could analyze that like Oh, a you lot. could go deep. You know, that's yeah. a separate podcast for yeah. Echo Charles Podcast. This is Echo just, Charles Podcast just number the one. Dynamics haters. of like, you know what people how the dynamics people cons- of haters. <laughs> episode one. How people that might be a whole haters. series, bro. Yeah, maybe. You never know. <laughs> but you'll be like, All right, you know, okay, we understand is you you do it for more like, hey, we're gonna understand so we can take action or oh, yeah, you know, yeah, whatever. Yeah. All all just explain the understanding because it's fun to explain the understanding. You see what I'm saying? I'm looking for application of that knowledge yeah. into usually leadership situations. Yes. Yes. Exactly absolutely. right. And then you'll it seems like like you'll dig into like understanding it like as deep as you have to to take action and that's it. No deeper. Yeah, well I'm not going to sit around and meditate that's on it. That's what it seems like you're trying to avoid. Yeah. yeah. And also I think that th- this, the understanding of the broad concept yeah. is more important than the than the minutia. Yeah, you got to understand the details, yes, but you want to understand the broad concept, and then you can move forward, and you know what you're dealing with. Yeah, and pretty then straightforward. A, then an academic type, as we, as the example, as your example kind of st- um, talks about, like they'll their kind of goal is the th- is the thought is the analyzing it. Oh, see how this works, and that's the whole goal. Their goal is never really to take action. Someone else can take action, but yeah. their their goal is the thought of it. That's what it seems like. I think that's one thing that Dan Carlin from Hardcore History does is he, so he, like a lot of times I'm comparing what I'm reading about in historical situations to what I've either been through myself or or other books that I've read, other situations I know about. Dan Carlin does one book to another book or one time to another time, but then the other thing that he does is he takes it to us like he'll he'll say imagine if you were imagine if america right now elected a person like he so he brings it into like real time yeah that's yeah. his that's his to me that's what makes that's part of what makes there's a lot of things that make his podcast excellent but that's one of the things that makes it very engaging as he brings it to imagine if this happened right, right. today yeah imagine if the germans attack you know he just brings it to today so it makes you think about it yeah and he compares it to other time periods so yeah. there's some similarities there, but his thoughts aren't his aims. Yeah, I don't think. Yeah, and I wouldn't even. Well, say. I think you, I think when I just said that, I think he takes the thoughts and applies them to current times. Right, that's what makes it interesting. Yeah, or one of again one of the things that makes it interesting. Yeah, and I wouldn't even say be, the thoughts being your aims is necessarily a bad thing across the board. Um, I think with you know obviously his approach it is, but you know. You know, the person who's just kind of gets a huge payoff in figuring out how things work, and that's sort of it, you know? like Yeah. It, 
and, yeah. and it's kind of like hey if i i'm a you know i'm gonna figure out how this i don't know this engine motor works it's up to the engine builder to build more engines or mm. to build a better engine just or whatever how it works yeah they're just really interested in how things work you know yeah is it possible to be super you know like people that want to understand jujitsu but they don't want to do it want to learn moves but they don't want to roll well there is that for sure oh okay. yeah there is that and I mean, depending on who you are, obviously that philosophy won't kind of jive with you, with your whole <laughs> thing. Um, but yeah, I could see how that could be if yeah. someone's like, yeah, like, I don't know, someone who's not into necessarily the physical part of it as much as the mental part and maybe like to watch it. or Yeah. And I suppose some guys that can't train hard anymore because whatever, they yeah. got injured or whatever, yeah. and they still are into it oh yeah or these coaches that like maybe coaches, weren't that good, good or something but yeah. they like they know and they're yeah. like the best coaches you know that kind of person yeah john donaher he doesn't have any world championships under his belt i don't think yeah i don't know but name with greg smart, jackson though. i don't think greg jackson greg jackson's never even fought mma i don't think not one time yeah one you of know, the best coaches one out of the there best though. coaches ever so yeah so you get that kind of person but would it be saying that he made his thoughts his aims? No, because he put those, he, he applied them. Yeah. Yeah. So, well, then again, swing take, and a miss. But swing take and those a miss. academics, though. See what I'm saying? Like an academic type person, maybe yeah. they're a professor or something. They, they teach about business or sales. They don't own a business, they're a professor, but yeah. they teach about business, all this stuff. So that's kind of, it's kind of their their thoughts are their aims, is kind of like that's their action. That's, that's they're putting their thoughts into action. Right. That's teaching so I guess others. it's less of a shot than maybe I read it as originally. Or against maybe, philosophers and or academics. maybe it is. All right. Well, no, I think you're right. I think you're right. All right, next. If you can meet with triumph and disaster and treat those two imposters just the same, what a line that is. Triumph and disasters. And he calls them both imposters. Mm. He calls both triumph and disaster, calls them both imposters. Why is that? Because they are. Because they are. Because... Neither triumph or disaster is an end-all or be-all. Neither of them. Mm. They, they feel like it at the time yeah. when you raise your hands and you get the victory. Mm -hmm. You feel like that is a, a be-all, end-all. But as Patton said, all glory is fleeting. Right? That, that triumph is going to fade. Triumph isn't an eternal victory. It's an imposter of one. And this is what's important. Disa and this is the one that's harder for people to overcome is that disaster is the same way. Some things happen to us and it seems like it's the end of the world. Yeah. But it's not. Disaster is also an imposter. This you know what this happens to? This happens to teenage kids in their little relationships, right? <laughs> sure. Right? Yeah. Teenage kids and their and their relationships, they break up and they think it's the end of the world. And if they only knew that in three years they wouldn't even remember that person's name. Yeah. <laughs> they wouldn't even remember that person's name. But you could never tell them that. No. You can't ever. It you could feel never, like that. You couldn't convince them in a million years no. to, that 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 in three years they will not remember that person's name. No. Not even close. Not even close. <laughs> you cannot. Isn't the mind a crazy thing? Like is, you yeah. and I both know this factually. Yeah. The girlfriend that you had when you were fourteen years old at that time, there was no way that you were ever gonna think about another girl. That was the one. <laughs> You don't right now. You don't know what her name was. No. You barely remember what she looks like. No. Come on. Yeah. No. But that's what he's saying. Yeah. 
that when that girl breaks up with you or guy, if you're a, if you're a girl and the, the guy that broke your heart, you're not even gonna remember his name. And you know what he's doing now? Not much. Mm. Not much. Don't worry about that, dude. I don't know. Maybe. Yeah, I guess that's a good point. Maybe, maybe, maybe he done goof. Well, my point is yeah. most likely. Yeah. These disasters that you have, and then you know, it's easy. To, that's an easy one, but you know, y- your business has a big issue. Yeah. Oh, it's gonna, man. This within six months of opening Victory MMA, the roof collapsed. Do you remember that? Mm-hmm. The the a, a drunk driver hit a fire hydrant out in front of the building. The fire hydrant actually broke off, and the pipes just started squirting. I mean, how big around is a is a fire hydrant? It's a mm-hmm. it's a. T- 12 inch water something a 12 inch water line started spraying up and onto the top roof of the building which is no big deal because you know roofs are they're meant to take water well what happened was the little drains because it's a flat roof the little drains up there since it doesn't rain a lot in california they had debris and they filled up the drains filled up and then the next thing you know the roof just filled with water Inside the parapet wall, and the roof collapsed. That was in six months of, of opening up. Dude. We, I think, we had just started making money. Mm. Boom, we got no. We got half the building is gone. Mm. The air conditioners from the second floor, from the roof, are on the bottom floor of the building, in the mixed martial arts area. <laughs> I mean, it was bad. Mm. But you know what? It seemed like a big disaster. Guess what? Mm. Get it, get it taken care of. Yeah. It's like move on. Guess work. what? The gym's still ten years old, still going strong. So these bad things are going to happen. These disasters are going to happen, but they're not permanent. They're not the be-all, end-all. They're not the end of the world. And the victories, the triumphs are the same thing. They're not going to last. Don't rest on your laurels. Stay centered. So Stay balanced. So did you guys end up clearing out the drains or, or what? The drains, yeah, we cleared them out. Good idea. Day late and a dollar short. Next. If you can bear to hear the truth you've spoken, twisted by knaves to make a trap for fools. So, you go out and you tell the truth, right? And then the truth that you tell gets twisted around by some knave, which is an unscrupulous person. It's it's, it's a dishonest person, right? Let's bring that word back. Sure. Let's bring it back. Freaking knaves. They're gonna twist your words and you're gonna to have to bear it. And the reason that, this is what I think is interesting, the reason that you have to bear it is because if you get drawn into it, it's a trap. It's a trap that you're gonna get drawn into. If you start dealing with what, if you start going in and trying to trying to untwist this, this lies that have been told about you, it's a trap, that's what he's saying. Mm. You, you, it's almost like a battle you can't win, and by entering the battlefield, you're gonna get wounded. Yeah. So, what is this like? Some, you know how like someone will say something, I don't know, and it'll like involve race. It won't be racist, but it'll like involve race because mm-hmm. that's how the explanation pans out. You know, on TV or something, and then someone else will come in and be like, "Oh my gosh, this person's racist!" Because look what he said, and maybe they'll play like you know the end part of the tape only, or the beginning only, or mm. something like that. And then they'll, someone else will be like, hey, you know, this interview, uh, you know, they'll ask this question. Hey, did you say this? 
And they'll be like, well, yeah, I said that. Oh, oh. And then someone else will come and be like, look, he even admitted he said this thing. But mm-hmm. then, you know, and then so the, it just keeps getting twisted and yeah. twisted and twisted. It's like that. And then the more you explain it, the more you say, wait, wait, you're saying you didn't say this? Well, no, I did. Okay, well, you did or you didn't. Kind of, You know, it's like that. Kind I of. think that's definitely part of it. And probably that's it. I mean, that that's it. When you go and try and unwind these things, you're probably going to dig yourself a bigger hole. I think that's the, the overall. Yeah. Yeah, I could now, that. are there times where people say something that's so horrible against you that you have to defend yourself? Sure, that can happen. I think when you do that, you keep it simple, you keep it direct, and then you walk away, mm. right? Yeah. You say, look, I would never have done that or I would never have said that or whatever, and that's all I'm gonna say. Walk away. Yeah. Break the wrist, walk away. <laughs> <laughs> all right, next. Or watch the things you gave your life to broken and stoop and build them up with worn out tools. So you gave your life to whatever. Mm-hmm. Your life's works, you gave it all, and, and that thing is broken, it's destroyed. And what you do is you stoop, I like that word, because what does that mean? It means you're bending down, that means you're bowing down. Right, you're having to get down. You have to stoop down. You go to the ground and begin to rebuild what has been destroyed, and you do it with worn-out tools. Now, we're not just talking about worn-out physical tools like a hammer and a saw. We're talking about you. Mm. We're talking about a worn-out, broken-down you. You are broken down and you're worn out, but you go anyway and you start from the beginning and you rebuild again that's legit yeah remember the game contra no okay there's this game on <laughs> i don't even know nintendo what that is called contra. i never had nintendo oh dang bro that's too bad but there's this game named contra and anyone who played Nintendo knows this game because it's freaking awesome. There's this code. <laughs> it's basically these two guys. If you go one player, you go one player. Two player, two players play on the same screen, and you just go. It's like the basic side angle game. These commando Rambo you say guys. Side angle? Side angle, yeah. It's not like, you know, you know instead of a first person oh, shooter okay, or something. Like, it's just a side angle. And it's these Rambo guys. You go two player, they both play on the same screen. Boom. Against each other? No. With each other. Okay. So, boom, they kill bad guys, right? Okay. So, through the game, you can get different weapons. Okay. So, and each weapon is, like, more and more effective, right? Mm-hmm. So, you can get the basic shooter is what you start with, and you have a machine gun. You just hold the button down, and it goes, and it just machine gun. Then there's, like, a laser that just, it can go, and it can just kill, like, five people mm-hmm. in a row, like that kind of, and there's, then there's the spreader. It's a spread gun. So at a side, a side angle game, multi-level kind of thing, the spreader, it just kills everybody. Mm. Boom, boom. So one, can, you he, kill, can you kill your own person no, by accident? No. No blue on blue. Your bullets, This nope. game sucks. No, it's not realistic. <laughs> this, you're game right. is, this game is awful. <laughs> you're right. There are some unrealistic Man, elements. if I had a game, game, there'd be some situations you get into that would teach you about combat. Yeah. Wouldn't teach you about the spreader. Yeah. Well, wouldn't teach you about blue on blue. Teach you about fratricide. All right, yeah, no, about human loss. I dig it, and that'd probably be a heavy game, but Contra, <laughs> it's not like that. So when you get to the, the point is, the point is, follow me here, the point is when you get the spreader, you can make it super far because you're just killing How everybody. How do you die if you have this infinite weapon? Bro, system. well, someone can still kill you if you mess, you know, someone shoots you, mm-hmm. just like any other way you, you can die. But since you have the spreader that's just killing everyone so easily, you make it to high levels. You mm-hmm. see what I'm saying? But here's the thing about Contra. When you get killed, you get like 
you get three men, right? <laughs> I know, unrealistic, but still, <laughs> that's most video games. Anyway, you get three men. If you, you get you, killed, you lose the spreader. You start you start again where you were, but you still you get that pea shooter again, mm-hmm. the one you first started with. So it's that same thing. So you go through all the levels. You work so hard to get the spreader. Wait, you know, is this you have three men? You have yeah. three lives. Here's the thing. Yeah, here's the, okay, which is another thing about Contra, which is so <laughs> awesome. You have three lives, but if you know the code in the beginning of the game, you can get thirty lives. And here's the code: up, up, down, down, left, right, left, right, B, A. Then press start. That's the code it gives you: thirty lives. If everyone knows that, I'll I want one hundred percent guarantee that every single person, every single person that has played Contra knows that code. Not even like 99%, 100%. Well, yeah, because you get 10 times the amount of effectiveness. Yeah. So, But it's a secret code. It's not like it comes with a game. Well, like not, you got to very secret if 100% of people Well, this was back in like 88 or 89, whenever that game was Pre-interwebs. Out. Pre-inter, yeah, whatever they It'd be interesting to track how that information spread yeah, back uh-huh. then, right? Yeah. Back then, how did it spread? Yeah. Up, up, down, down, left, left, A, B. How did that spread? No, no, there you, was no you inter- wouldn't have got it. There was no internet. Yeah, that's true. No viable internet. <laughs> yeah, that's true. The kids for damn sure weren't on it. I don't know. Yeah, so your point is that this taught you once, yeah, that once, you will use those worn out tools and you'll still try and go back and rebuild Contra that, style. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> like, cause uh, you'll I'm be so on glad a, Kipling is dead to not hear this. Bro, he, I apologize. You know, if he understood the concept, he'd be like, you are exactly right. Because oh, here, here's the thing. Here's, listen to the practicality of this over whole, there this with whole, <laughs> Because with the spread, okay, if you just had the pea shooter, right? We'll call it the pea shooter. That's the, yeah. gun, the gun that you start with. If you start with that, it's really hard to make it to a high level. Because it's like the levels get harder and harder and you just got that pea shooter, but those guys are going to kill you. <laughs> but if you get the spreader, it's the exact opposite. You can smash through levels. Right. And some of the levels at the end, you got to have a powerful weapon to beat the boss. You see what I'm saying? So if you have the spreader, you can get pretty far. What's I've heard people who use the term boss. Yeah. Is, there, is there a term called king boss or main boss or end boss? End boss, end yeah. boss. Main boss, end boss, yeah, for sure. And then this is a universal term. Maybe with video games. Sure. With video games, right? And that's yeah. my question. Bosses. But do we know where the 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 term originated from? The boss. Who is the original end boss? I don't. There's know. a video that someone made that's really really funny. It's called. It's something about. It's about me, hmm. and it's. It's a German guy, and it's like, how did Jocko Willink get so massive? Yeah. <laughs> Have you seen that video? Well, what what was it? He just makes a video where he breaks down how I got so massive. Yo, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's hilarious. Okay. Yeah. But one thing he goes, this is the end. Jocko is the end boss to kill all yeah. end bosses. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> and I didn't really know what an end boss was. So yeah. I Googled it and I figured out that it's from the video game World. World. End boss. Do you remember the, the date of, of that? Is it like an old school game, like Atari oh, game no, or no, 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 no. It's the video game world. No, no, no. The video game world. Oh, the world. Video, video the world of video games. Gotcha, yeah, yeah. Gotcha. Okay. <laughs> Look at you. You were a little taken aback. Uh, like, like, what video game was this, yeah. man? <laughs> world. <laughs> I want to play that. Give me my spreader. I'll go get some levels. Because there's a of. game <laughs> called Kung Fu in original <laughs> Nintendo. It's called Kung Fu. Five levels. But then they repeat and they get harder and harder. But there's five levels. And they, I think in the game, it called them the boss. Like the first level See, boss. That might be and it. And the second level boss. But I'm sure, I'm sure there's, because there's other older games with bosses on them. Yeah. Nonetheless, 
um, well, Kipling would say. Because oh, oh the point oh, is, Kipling, when you get the spreader, yeah, Kipling. you'll in contra. When you get the spreader, if you go, you'll make it to a high level, you will. But here's the thing: that high level is super hard, so you need that spreader. Mm-hmm. And if you get hit and you die, and you know when you come back to life or whatever, you got the pea shooter. You find yourself for, like you, this you with to. worn out tools. There you That's go. where you find yourself, All and right. it's hard. And if you put your mind to it, you can get that spread again. But it's really hard, super hard. Anyone who played Contra will will attest to that. I think that right there is. Uh, we'll leave it at that, man. Yep. That's my recommendation. All right, next. If you can make one heap of all your winnings, and risk it on one turn of pitch and toss, and lose and start again at your beginnings, and never breathe a word about your loss. Never breathe a word about your loss. Isn't it when you meet someone and you you talk to them and you deal with them for a while and they don't tell you anything about their background Mm -hmm. and then you find out like later that they've been through some big struggle, Mm -hmm. so much more impactful and impressive than when they're like, hey, I I did this and I went through that night. You know, just, I got a good idea. Just be quiet. Don't breathe a word about your loss. Yeah. Just move, just, just perform. Yeah. And this is also about being willing to take risk. Willing to take risk. This seems like an inappropriate risk to risk everything that you have on a single turn of pitch and toss. Doesn't seem like a smart risk. Mm-hmm. Uh, Rudyard Kipling. I don't know about that one. Yeah, take it easy. I'm gonna say let's 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 dial the dichotomy back of the extreme <laughs> betting situation. Yeah, all the way. Right. That being said, you absolutely have to take risks in life. Right. Like you, you gotta risk something. To. You, you gotta can't risk just something. risk like a teeny tiny thing. Gotta be a no risk. risk, no reward. No risk, no but let's not risk everything in one turn of pitch and toss. Let's not do that. Next, if you can force your heart and nerve and sinew to serve your turn long after they are gone, that's just awesome, right? We're talking about forcing your heart and your nerve and your sinew. And sinew is a basically means your tendons and your ligaments and the things that hold your muscles and your bones together and you know who used Shakespeare used sinew quite a bit because mm-hmm. it's just like the core element sure. but this is like saying you will get you will force your body and your mind to do what you need them to do even when they're done they're done you're gonna force them to do more when they have nothing left to give you're gonna force them to give anyways and then it rolls right into the next line the next line And so hold on when there is nothing in you except the will which says to them, hold on. You've got nothing left but will. Force of will to make make them, make, make your heart and make your nerve, make them hold the line. If you can talk with crowds and keep your virtue or walk with kings nor lose the common touch. So this is again, this is staying balanced. This is the dichotomy. No matter if you're involved with the masses, right? Even if you're involved with the masses, you don't lose your virtue. Or if you're rubbing elbows with the rich and powerful, with the kings, you don't lose that common touch. You stay grounded. You don't lose the ability to communicate with people up and down the chain of command from a leadership perspective. No matter what station someone is in life, 
You remember remember episode five of this podcast, I read a counseling letter to a good guy. And I was like, hey, treat everyone with respect. O one or E one to O ten. Like it doesn't matter what rank someone is, you treat them with respect, no matter what. Don't lose that. Next, if neither friends nor loving f- if either f- if neither foes nor loving friends can hurt you. This is what's interesting. It isn't always your enemies that hurt you, right? In fact, it's quite the opposite. Usually the people that hurt you the most are the people that are closest to you. Those are the ones that really yeah. put the dagger in and twist it. Mm. So you got to be above that. You got to got to kind of insulate yourself from that you can't leave that last little bit of exposure in my opinion mm-hmm. you got to you got to keep a little bit right you got to keep a little bit you got to keep a, you got to put yourself in a situation where you're not going to get crushed by your foes or by the people that you're close to yeah it's hard got to keep it in it is hard it is hard guys get uh, jammed up, right? Real in, jammed in up. Echo Charles terminology that jams people up all the time. The, the 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 enemy doesn't jam people up as bad as the the friends, right? Yeah, because the enemy expect that you expect them trying to jam you up. Yeah, but this goes back to the original uh, what we talked about earlier. The the person, uh, I, and we've talked about this on the podcast. The person that hurts you really bad that was your friend, they they weren't your friend. Yeah, they didn't exist. Yeah. The per- they th- you thought you knew them, yeah. you thought you understood them, you thought they were trustworthy. They weren't. So just we have to just look at it and say, look, that person that I was in love with, or that person that I thought was going to be with me all the time. Guess what? That that person doesn't exist. So we got to move on. So you got to keep, I think, a little bit. And this might sound cold blooded, right? This sounds a little bit cold blooded to be like, look, you got to keep some stuff. You got to you got to keep perspective. You got to keep people in check. Yeah. And if you let them get in. To the point where they can grip you apart, you're gonna be careful. Yeah, gotta be careful who you decide you're gonna do that with. Real careful. Yeah, yeah. Or you, or this is I think what I do is more like this. If that happens, I recognize it. Okay, this this is what happened. Boom, that person wasn't who I thought they were. We're moving on. Yeah, we're moving on. Yeah. Next it, quest. You know what I mean? We're moving on. Yeah. So I guess it maybe I have the ability. I shouldn't say that. I have the ability. I think I learned along the way. Hey, once someone exposes themselves, reveals themselves as a as a knave, right? Knave, as sure. a knave. Once they reveal themselves as a knave, I'm over it. Yeah. I'm moving on because I, I they've exposed, they've revealed. Great. I'm actually happy yeah. that now I don't have to invest any more time, effort into this person. That's a knave. A wretched knave. Yeah, at the end, then you you have a this kind of how should I say overdeveloped control of your emotions. We'll call mm. it where like the average person is like it's kind of like if you built a house, right? Mm-hmm. You built a house on Kauai, and it was a nice house. You lived mm-hmm. there for ten years, mm-hmm. fifteen years, even a lot of memories in that house. Maybe even had some kids, whatever. First dog, all that stuff, and then a hurricane comes blows it down yeah. right there's really nothing you could have done you know like if you had a girlfriend and she doesn't have the signs of being a knave mm-hmm. but then maybe she changed maybe she was that all along i don't know she be as it turns out knave 
the house gets blown down okay girlfriend's gone you can either easily say hey that was that wasn't the girl that i loved uh-huh. all this stuff okay we're moving on obviously you got to move on right she's yeah. a knave yeah if you're squared away in your head yeah you got to move on you know that right. already but you can't just be like you yeah, just move on what about all those memories oh this you're talking about the hurricane i'm talking about both so yeah i'll go back to the hurricane situation the memories were lies the mem- with the knave the memories were lies yeah but yeah but emotionally it doesn't feel and like that because guess what you're free Okay, so you're that's free. The, you got away. That's yeah. You okay. Escaped. Okay. That's good. Escape the knave. That's be good. Happy. That's good. But you're talking about like practically. You got, you think how much you learned. You learned that you got to be careful. But see what I'm saying though. Like your sense of like emotional control allows you to go boom right do that one right. Well, especially when it's fresh. Like you can't just oh yeah. Look how much I learned. Yay. Let's get moving on. That's not the normal person. The normal person is has still has open wounds from because yesterday that house was intact. Yeah, but and now all the memories, we get to rebuild that kitchen and, and get that rid of that feel crooked really, floor, yeah, but right? See what you're We're doing again. That see you're doing it again. You're just going straight to the positive thing, which is a good thing to do, which is the right yeah. thing to do. But rather, capability-wise, the average person can't do that. So, no, it's, it might be a little bit tricky. But what are their options? <laughs> it will be a little bit. What are the options? There's no option. The option is, oh, I'm going to be distressed and and mourn the loss of my house. Really? Like, mourn the loss of your house. Do it for a you know a four days. Yeah, there should be a limitation. Yeah, that's a good idea, huh? Be like, hey, one week right now, I'm gonna just let my emotions just be my emotions. Yeah, try not to like a week too long. Yeah, for a house for sure. You know, that's 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 one of the things. (laughs) Thinking more for the girlfriend or yeah, for a girlfriend. Yeah, that's a bit. Bro, people go months, bro. No, people go years. People talk about it for years. That's not good. That's what I'm saying. That's 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 my point. See. Instead of making me sound like I'm all cold-blooded over here, well, what you should say is like, hey, I wish that some of the people that I know that wrecked their lives over a girlfriend, boyfriend, husband, wife that broke up with them and they let it ruin their lives, I wish you'd say, hey, I wish that they would have had enough to emotional control to say, you know yeah. what? All right, it's day three. They're not coming back. I have two choices. Dig a hole, climb in it, never come out, yeah. or step up, make things happen, move forward. The choice is obvious. And once you step up and you start moving forward, in three years, you don't remember that person's name anymore. They're no factor. Yeah. They're no factor. Yeah, man. Yeah, so what's the, I mean, obviously it's gonna depend on what kind of person it is. So I've talked about this. Like we don't have a good, a good, System. Yeah. When someone dies in America, we we don't really know what to do because in other countries, in other in other cultures, they have a specific ritual that they go through. Mm-hmm. And and in America, our rituals are kind of all jammed together, and then we don't really know what the right ritual is. Right. Mm-hmm. We don't even know how to dispose of the body. Do we do we burn it? Do we bury it? Do we bury it at sea? Like, there's all right. these options. Options. Yeah. Do you donate your Organs? Do you not? There's just like, do you donate to your body to science? Well, what are we? What are you supposed to do? What's the right thing to do? We don't even right. know that. Yeah. We don't know what to do with someone's body. So how are we supposed to know what we're supposed to do emotionally when someone dies? What are we supposed to do? Yeah. We don't have a physical ritual to do. So what now? What do we do? Yeah. Huh. And so it's the same thing. Like there should be rules. Yeah. Hey, like a protocol. If, yes, a protocol. Yeah. Broke up with significant other. Here's the protocol. Yeah. One day morning. One pizza, extra cheese, <laughs> pepperoni, sausage, yeah. right? Mint chocolate chip milkshake. Sure. Cool. Next day. Vodka. 
no no <laughs> no but no i i don't recommend it i don't either because no, it, it'll send you even it. more in the, other in the direction. wrong direction yeah the next day i was like what i was going to say is like i was going to say eight mile run eight mile run that's just what you got to yeah hey oh yeah what are you doing tomorrow oh, yeah i would broke up my girlfriend two days ago i gotta yeah, run eight yeah. miles that's tomorrow the that's part of the protocol yeah yeah Oh, yo, you, oh, and there could be different levels. Oh, I was going out with her for every, <laughs> let's say for every three months that you were with her, that's one mile. One mile, okay. Yeah. Good. And so then you do that, and when you get done with that, guess what you got to do? You got to do a, you got to do a, a contrast baths, ice hot, ice hot. Yeah. yeah. You got to do that four times, right? Yeah. No, what you do is, this is a good protocol for, for contrast baths. Five minutes ice, five minutes heat, four minutes ice, four minutes. You go back and forth. When you get done with that, boom, you come out, you're cleansed. And then, guess what? 24-hour fast. Right? 24-hour fast. Well, that, it, that even actually kind of sounds weird, like, for a breakup. Mm. But, bro, so many cultures do that. Oh, yeah, you yeah. got to fast. Yeah, yeah. Like, get a fast for this. So, and so then we could go on and on. But you make a protocol. It's a three-day protocol, generally. Mm-hmm. And then, boom. Now, we come out of that protocol. And then there's one last, the last thing on the protocol is, like, go to work or, you know, begin normal routine. To normal routine, you go to bed. Back to oh, the, I know the final protocol is wake up. Whatever time it is, you get up in the morning. Third, fourth day. Now the protocol's been completed. Fourth day, boom, wake up, g- get get busy, yeah. get on with it, yeah. get after it. That's what I'm talking about. Yeah. So we don't have that. So if you if you put in your mind, I think for me, I recognize when something is dragging me. This is dragging me in the wrong direction. As soon as I see something dragging me in the wrong direction, I know like an internal protocol. It's like, okay, I'm emotionally attached to this situation. It's not beneficial to me. Mm. It's not beneficial to me. It's not gonna help me. It's not gonna help me understand the nature of the world. It's not gonna help me move forward with my life. It's not gonna help me in any way. Guess what I'm gonna do? I'm gonna detach. We're gonna, we're gonna take a little step away from that thing. Yeah. Because I'm not saying emotions are bad. Emotions are great. That's what makes us human beings, right? Mm-hmm. I get emotional on this podcast, sure. right? Sure. That's not bad. No. That's actually good. Makes me understand myself and other things in the world better. Mm. But that's a positive effect of emotions. But if I start having negative emotions and they start dragging me down, protocol. Yeah. Execute the protocol. Boom. That's what we need to do. Yeah. Like what if like part of the protocol was like to shave your head or something, right? Yeah, and for then, sure. Yeah, like that could be, right? For and sure. then And then let's say like you, you break up with your girlfriend or something and then like... You know, a few days later, you see her at the post office or something. She has a shaved head. You're like, oh, man, she's getting over me quick. You yeah. know what I'm saying? Yeah. But that would help, though. That would. It totally would. Because it's like it's like the, it's like the process. And it gives you something else to focus on. See what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. So it's like, okay. I, You're not, talking about the protocol the in protocol, general? The protocol. Having yeah, yeah. a protocol. Yeah. Especially if it expands, like, you know, three, four days. Boom, boom, boom. It's like, you know, doesn't AA have something like that, too? Where oh, you yeah. do uh, the all steps. All kinds and of things you, have you know, protocols. Yeah, All kinds of things. There's a reason protocols exist. Yeah. It's because it gives you something to follow. You don't have to think about it and it moves you in the right direction. Yeah. Yeah. That's so good, think man. about that for your life. Pay attention to it. Because the scary part about this, and we've talked about this too, is like the storm. Your head's in a storm and you can't get out. And the yeah. only person, everyone else can see that your head has a, has a, has a two foot cloud around it. Yeah. And everybody can see if you just move in a direction, you'll get away from that cloud. But everywhere you look, you just see storm and, cloud and thunder and lightning. So you don't think there's any way out, but there is. Yeah. But you gotta execute the protocol. The pure protocol is you go due north. 1800 meters, you're gonna be out, right? Yeah. That's what's gonna happen. Shave your head, run eight miles, eat a pizza, eat a mint chocolate chip milkshake. That's day one, that's a little comfort. 
Yeah. Little luxury. Theo Vaughn luxury style. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I remember that. That was good. All right. Next. We went way off on that one. Bro, that was good. That was yeah. actually really good. That kind of gets you thinking. Because if you you could even do this right now. If you're in, even if you're in a relationship, even if you're not even in a relationship yet. Because those are the prepare ones, Prepare the protocol. Right? Just, yeah, prepare a protocol. Yeah. Like, hey, if this, because it's kind of like a natural disaster, you, you do that. You know what? There's also, there's also something you could do that would be helpful. And I hate to use this word because it gets used in a different sense these days. But you could have trigger points, right? Things that happen. Where if you see, if you identify things happening, you go, okay, if I get involved in this situation and this happens, that's a trigger that means I need to walk, right? Mm. For instance, let's say you have someone that has, let's say, let's say you meet someone that was an addict of some kind, mm-hmm. an alcoholic, and you're like, okay, if this person starts drinking, that's my trigger, I, I'm, I'm going to walk mm. because you don't want to go down that spiral with them, right? Or you, whatever the case may be, mm-hmm. you have someone that used to date some other guy, mm-hmm. Like, hey, if I see that there's whatever, uh, a Facebook connection again, sure. I'm walking, whatever. Like, you yeah, gotta, yeah. you figure out these things, and that way you predetermine them when you're in a non-emotional state. Yeah. When you get to the emotional state, hopefully you can overcome your emotions because there's people that are like, I don't care. I love him. Yeah, yeah. I love her. I'm just going to keep going. It was only this one time, yeah, right? Man. Yep, that's how. She friended me, <laughs> right? <laughs> And then they, mm-hmm. they stick around. But if you have your protocol in place, if you have the triggers to execute upon, it's going to make it easier for you. It should make it easy for you. Mm. All right. Next one. This is a good one. If all men count with you, but none too much. And think about this one. And I, 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 We actually got wrapped around this one a little bit in the podcast one time because this is a dichotomy of the fact that I personally, there's part of me that doesn't care what anyone thinks. And then there's part of me that completely cares about what people, specifically people that I have a lot of respect for, I care what they think a lot. Mm. And people that I don't respect, I don't care what they think. So there's a dichotomy there and that's similar to what is being said here. If all men count with you, so you take their opinions, you understand, but at the same time, none too much to sway you from the path. And here, next line, I think this is one of the greatest lines ever. If you can kill, if you can fill the unforgiving minute with 60 seconds worth of distance run. So, the unforgiving minute. That's a great, that's the way you should think of every minute. Every minute that exists for you is unforgiving because it does not stop. It does not forgive and you can't have it back. That's the unforgiving minute. Time has no mercy on anyone. And what he's saying here is if you can fill every one of those unforgiving minutes of your life, every single one of them, with a full 60 seconds of you running and moving forward and getting after it. If you can push that hard, if you can push that hard, then he closes out, yours is the earth and everything that's in it and which is more, you'll be a man, my son. So there it is. If you can do all those things, and that's the name of the poem, if if you can do those things, those things that are simple but not easy, <laughs> simple but definitely not easy, 
then the world will be yours and you will be a man meant in the most positive possible way so now we go back this is what we do now that we understand it fully we go through it fully here it goes if if you can keep your head when all about you are losing theirs and blaming it on you if you can trust yourself when all men doubt you but make allowance for their doubting too if you can wait and not be tired by waiting or being lied about don't deal in lies or being hated don't give way to hating and yet don't look too good nor talk too wise if you can dream and not make dreams your master if you can think and not make thoughts your aim if you can meet with triumph and disaster and treat those two imposters just the same if you can bear to hear the truth you've spoken twisted by knaves to make a trap for fools or watch the things you gave your life to broken and stoop and build them up with worn out tools if you can make one heap of all your winnings and risk it on one turn of pitch and toss and lose and start again at your beginnings and never breathe a word about your loss If you can force your heart and nerve and sinew to serve your turn long after they are gone, and so hold on when there is nothing in you except the will which says to them, hold on. If you can talk with crowds and keep your virtue, or walk with kings nor lose the common touch if neither foes nor loving friends can hurt you if all men count with you but none too much if you can fill the unforgiving minute with 60 seconds worth of distance run yours is the earth and everything that's in it and which is more You'll be a man, my son. And there you have it. Some pretty straightforward instructions from Kipling on how to live. And I looked at it and his son died in World War I. He wrote this poem just before the turn of the century. So he wrote this poem before his son was killed, before his son went to war perhaps just after his son was born in that time frame. Uh, So I'm sure his son grew up with these thoughts. And I think it's thoughts that we can all use. So, Kipling, thank you. And now we are going to go through some Q&A. Dig into a little bit of Q&A. <clears throat> Echo Charles. Mm-hmm. First question. First question. 
Okay, Jocko, many times you said that liking a fight or liking to fight should be a part of every man's personality. Could you expand on that? I've always been interested in martial arts, but I've always been reluctant to fight and I would do anything not to. Does that make me less of a man? So obviously this is a pretty fitting question for the situation. Yeah. We good on that? Yeah. We got a jock of white tea down. <laughs> so this is obviously a good question uh, and a fitting question, talking about being a man. Uh, I don't know if I said liking to fight should be a part of everybody's every man's personality, or if I said that it is part of every man's personality. And it, and it, I think I said is part of their personality and if I said that what I I think I should have said is most right most men uh, have in their personality some level of interest of fighting right we wrestle we box we we scrap as kids look at the UFC right why is the UFC so popular right now because it's fighting and we have that that's a I read the other day. that's a seven billion dollar organization that's a there's a lot of people watching those fights mm-hmm a lot of people want to watch those fights. We have boxing, we have wrestling, we have jiu-jitsu, we have judo, we have Muay Thai, we have all kinds of martial arts schools. So while I don't think the desire to fight is inherent in all men, right? I'm sure there's men out there that are not into it at all, but I think it's definitely a, a, a pretty strong part of many men. Now, for this individual particular, um, do, do I think that being reluctant to fight makes you less of a man? No, actually, I, I think it's fine. You should be reluctant to fight. I think everyone should be reluctant to fight. There's a lot of bad things that can happen in a fight. A lot of bad things. You know, first of all, you can get hurt, right? That's bad. Mm-hmm. You can get seriously hurt. You can get killed. You can get killed. You can get punched one time, fall down, hit a curb, and die. Mm-hmm. You can think you're going to get in a fair fight with someone. They can stab you in the neck and kill you, right? These things can happen. Even if it's not that bad, you can hurt someone else. Now you're getting lawsuit. Now you're getting put in prison, right? Mm-hmm. So there's all kinds of bad things. So being reluctant to fight is actually a good thing and it's something that men should have. And actually, the more you know about fighting, the more reluctant you will be. I was way, the less I knew in my life about fighting, the more, uh, sorry, the more I actually knew about fighting, the more reluctant I became to fight because I realized all the risks that are involved. Mm -hmm. Part of that was maturity, sure, but the reality is you look at someone, you go, I don't know who that person is. Mm. A, they, they might be training, I'm over here thinking I've been training jiu-jitsu for eight months. I'm ready to kick this guy's ass. Yeah. Meanwhile, you don't know that guy is a purple belt. Guess what's going to happen to you? You're getting crushed. Yeah. Or that guy wrestled in high school. And he's about to double leg you and slam you on a curb. Yeah. You're going to die. Yeah. So you should be reluctant to fight. That's a good thing. Now, that being said, I do recommend that you are prepared to fight. I definitely recommend that. And there's gonna be a big dichotomy here I'm gonna to get to, but you should know some basics, right? You should understand threats, you should know how to contend with other people. You should, you know, you should know some boxing, you should know some wrestling, you should know some Muay Thai, you should know some jujitsu for sure. Because here's the dichotomy. This is the this is a big dichotomy, and think about it. It's hundred percent true. This this individual says he would do anything not to fight would do anything not to fight. Let me tell you, the best thing you can do as a human so that you don't have to fight 
is actually learn how to fight. That is the best way to not have to fight is if you know how to fight. If you know how to fight, people aren't gonna wanna fight you. You don't even have to say anything. They can tell. You can tell when you meet somebody. You can tell if that person, oh, if if you're ready to fight, people don't wanna fight you. The more eager you are to fight, the less people wanna fight you. If you don't know how to fight and and bullies, because that's what we're talking about, bullies see that you don't want to fight, guess who they're coming after? You. Now guess what? Now you have to fight. But if you know how to fight and you have that confidence and you have that understanding and you learn simple things like avoidance and you learn you have better situational awareness, you become a threat to the people that want to fight you. You become a threat to them just by just by your knowledge alone. So no, you're not less of a man because you're reluctant to fight. You actually should be reluctant to fight, but you should learn how to fight because the best way to avoid fighting, the more equipped and prepared to fight you are, the less you will have to fight, the less you will be put in positions where you have to fight, and the better the outcome will be if it does happen to occur. Yeah. Yeah, interestingly, like a lot of the people that you meet in jujitsu are are just like this. Yeah. Where I'm interested in martial arts, but I'm not interested in fighting nobody. For sure, you know. For sure. And then they learn, and then they get all. Well, there's a strong uh, component of nerds in jujitsu, right? Mm-hmm. Strong sure. component. Oh yeah. Really strong. Oh, yeah. Of of you know people. I'm, I'm saying it jokingly, but there's yeah. just a studious type. People. Yeah, studious yeah. type people that aren't super physical. They're more cerebral than they are physical. Yeah. There's a ton, a ton of people like that. And you know what they'll do? Choke you out. Yeah, they wind up being real good. Yeah, they wind up being real good because they're like, oh, I, I understand this. There's yeah. a, this is a game that I can learn and that I can crush. Yeah. And that's good. And now I have more confidence and I don't have to worry about it anymore. Yeah, and it's interesting how that third or that, that additional element that they're not really used to, like how you say nerds and, you know, we'll just say like people who are more cerebral than physical. Yeah, yeah. You know, it's, it's that, right? Maybe Those they didn't play high school sports, right? Yeah, yeah, totally Because no they were sports. studying, because they yeah. were working on a computer, yeah. right? Yeah. Cool. Right on. Yeah. They, and, were, they were playing music, right? Yeah. Whatever. Yeah, and then now they get into this highly physical situation because jiu-jitsu, let's face it, it's physical. That's yeah, your whole body. A, it is physical as physical sport. can be. Yeah. And But you get in it and you're just finding success just by learning it. Yeah. It's not like football where it's like, sure, I know how to catch. I can't run fast though and I can't, uh, I'm can't. i not big and strong or whatever, so I'm just getting smashed. Yeah. You know, I can. But this, it's kind of like the more you know, the better you are kind of thing. And sure, physical attributes help you for That's sure, not but not as much. Yeah, there's there's... You, being stronger is great. Yeah, you yeah. know Dean was talking about this today on the mat. The stronger guy's not always going to win. The more athletic guy's not always going to win. Sometimes they do. Yeah. There's various categories that will bring you a victory. Yeah. One of the strongest categories that you can have. Well, the this strong, the strongest category is your technique. Is knowing what to do. Is yeah. knowing what to do. What and to so do. you, you're smart people, your cerebral people, that come in and go. Oh, I can apply. Th- I can apply this knowledge the same way I apply my skills in accounting. James Nielsen, world's toughest accountant. (laughs) He's an accountant. He's he's a badass. (laughs) Yes. So that's just the reality. And yeah, and that's why. So now they're in. That's why people get addicted too, because it's like this element of physicality, like a physical fighting fighting sport. By the way, combat sport. Yeah. And now they're in it, and they're good at it. They're good at something physical for the first time, and they're still smart as smart can be. You know, like they always were. So now they got that that additional um, like payoff. You know, that's why they get it. Additional power. Yeah. I recognize that with uh, kids that come to jujitsu. 
the oftentimes, and it's not an always, oftentimes the kids that get really into jujitsu are kids that are smart and but they haven't done a lot of other sports yet. And mm-hmm. it's exactly what you're saying. You it's very noticeable with kids. Yeah. The kid that played baseball his whole life and he comes in there, he actually doesn't like it at first. And maybe doesn't even want to do it because he's getting choked by yeah. someone that seems all nerdy to him. Yeah, and he knows I could throw a baseball farther than this guy, yeah. and so it makes him mad, and he doesn't want to train. Yeah, but oftentimes it's the kids that come in that really haven't done too much athletically, and you know they they got picked on. We got we've I've had a lot of bullies come to my jujitsu kids program. The reason they're there is because they got bullied, mm. and once they start training, six months they're not getting bullied anymore, yeah. and a year later they're a different person. Yeah. They're a different kid. Yeah. Confident, assure themselves, not backing down, not being jerks, not being bullies themselves, yeah. but just confident. Yeah. So, yeah. yeah. Train some jujitsu. Oh, yeah. Big time. All right. Next question. Jocko. An echo question. Mm. How important is personal intelligence in the military, particularly in, mo- in more dangerous roles as compared to physical strength? I'm a college student who will probably go to OCS. Officer candidate school. Yeah. So this has been on my mind. Well, okay. So intelligence is paramount, right? Of course, if you aren't smart, you're going to do dumb things. And dumb things can definitely get you killed. This is not to say that if you do dumb things, you will get killed. Because I did some really dumb things in combat. And I didn't get killed. And it certainly isn't to say that if you get killed you did something dumb because to combat it has no mercy and you can be the best trained the smartest the most tackling sound person in the world and those people can still get killed combat doesn't care about any of that that bullet has no one's name on it it the bomb has no one's name on it it's going to go off and it's going to take out who it takes out and that's that but as far as weighing you know intelligence and cognitive power versus strength. I mean, you have to be. Is, I mean, I would rather be smart, and being smart is is very important. Because if you're smart, if you aren't smart, I should say, you you increase your chance of doing something that isn't smart, and then you're going to make some kind of mistake that will negatively impact you. So, yes, being smart is very important. Now, there are some cases, without question, where physical strength and stamina is at least as important and sometimes more important. That's just the way it is. You might have to climb a cliff to escape the enemy. That's just the way it is. You might have to, Mike Thornton, Mike Thornton swam for what, five hours dragging two people? Now, he could be the smartest guy in the world and which he, he did a damn good job of you know, getting the life jackets and getting himself organizing a situation where it would be the easiest possible way for him to swim. Even with that, you still got to swim for five hours dragging two people while you're wounded, by the way. Mm-hmm. So if he didn't have that physical strength at that point, that brain wouldn't matter. It wouldn't matter. So what's interesting about this is guess what? A really smart person will get himself or herself the physical capabilities. That's what you'll do. The smart person, the really smart person, will work their ass off to get in shape and to stay in shape. 
Because you can be smart to come up with the most brilliant plan in the world, but if you don't have the physical wherewithal to execute that plan, then that, that brilliant plan doesn't matter. So yes, you want to be smart, and yes, you want to be physically strong. You want to exercise your brain and your body as much as possible and get them both as mentally strong, physically, get yourself as mentally strong, as physically strong as you possibly can. And that's not just in the, not just in the military. That's in life. In life. Somebody quoted on Twitter the other day, you, if you, two, you, can't, you don't know two plus two if you're dead. Like you can't add two plus two. So if you're, if you're investing all your time in being smart or you're investing all your time in, in that in intellectual aspect of your life and then you let your physical aspect go, yeah. well, guess what? Now you're, now you're unhealthy. Now you die because you didn't take care of your, Now what good is your brain now? Zero, zero good. <laughs> zero good. Check. Next question. Jocko, how do you give feedback to someone without everyone taking it personal? I try to give criticism regarding their work or actions while not attacking their character. But unfortunately, many feel that it's personal. Yeah. Welcome to the world. world. (laughs) Uh, People don't like criticism. And I almost put a no one in the world likes criticism. Okay, so th- there might be point zero 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 one percent of the world that's really like open and ready for feedback, mm-hmm. right? But most people, even when they say, even when they tell you they want feedback, yeah. they don't want it. They don't want it. Like, let me let me give you an example. If you Echo Charles, yes, were like you you made a video, and it took you hours. Brad, don't even don't even right. You know what I'm saying? I'm just like yeah. you could come to me and, and say, hey, what do you think? And I was like, well, you know, I think you framed this up wrong. How? What's your reaction to that? I mean, there's no possible way that you're stoked on that. There's just a, now. Yeah. Luckily, you know, we know each other. You can detach and be like, all right, I need to. He's he doesn't. He's not pointing this out to me for no reason. Whatever. But what I'm saying is, even when you're saying, hey, what do you think of this? And I criticize something that you work so hard on. There's no one in the world that's happy about that. Yeah. Even when they ask for it. Mm-hmm. So you have to flank people, that's what you have to do. Now, he's asking specifically, how do you do this? So here's some things. What One of the things that I do when I wanna give someone criticism, I don't give them criticism, what I do is I ask them questions mm. about whatever it is. Now, this is interesting. I'm not even talking about pointed questions. I'm not even talking about like hard questions. I'm, ta- I'm not saying like, why did you do that? Yeah. I'm talking about, hey, why did you do it that way? Like there's a big difference between like, hey, why did you do it that way? Yeah. Like instead of saying, hey, Echo, that frame is doesn't look good. Hey, why'd you frame that up like that? Mm. Right? So now I'm getting you to think about it, right? But I'm not gonna say, dude, how are you gonna make that work? Mm. You know? I'm gonna say, well, hey, do, do you think you're gonna be able to make that work? Mm. If If you did something and it doesn't go well, I'm not gonna say, you know, did you actually think that was a good idea? Yeah. Instead, I'm gonna say it's again. It's not pointy question. I'm gonna say, well, did, hey, did that unfold the way you thought it was gonna unfold? Mm-hmm. And, and now you're gonna get to answer the question. Now you're gonna be the you're gonna be the person that uncovers the fault. It's gonna be you, not me. And that makes it so much more palatable to everyone when they're able to say, oh yeah, you know, I saw this over here. And most of the time, the person knows the truth. 
most of the time the person knows that that thing's not framed up right they know that their idea wasn't that great so you don't need to punch them in the face with it because that's actually going to make them get defensive so you flank them you ask them the questions you talk about it you discuss the subject and what you do is you guide them you guide them to a mirror you guide them to a mirror and then and then you just have them look in that mirror you set them up so they have to look in that mirror so that they can see the problems themselves and once they see the problems themselves they can start to correct them now sometimes you sometimes it's your ego that wants even once they see the problem themselves people want them to take credit for showing that and so, right, they, so right. you got you got to check your ego you got to make sure that your ego isn't saying i want to prove to this person that i know how to frame this up better then you got to put that all in check you got to just let you got to let them have it so now are there situations where you can give really good frank feedback yes there is but you have to have a good relationship with that person a really good really good relationship with that person and then usually one of the best ways to to make this happen is that the feedback the negative feedback is going both ways meaning i want to get negative feedback about my performance from that person so that there's some equanimity in what's being said amongst us right so i might be you know i might say hey echo hey man i i you know i did this uh I answered this question on Q&A. Did you think that was a good answer? Because I think, you know, I, I think it could have been better. And then you say, yeah, you know, you dragged on, you talked too long and whatever. You give me some critique. And then I go, oh, yeah. Hey, and by the way, the lighting on that didn't look good, right? And so now we have a little mutual criticism and it's all good. It makes it a little bit more palatable to you because I made the thing. And so that sometimes works. But what's interesting is even when you do that, some people just don't even freaking care. And, and they, even after they just tear you apart and then you throw a little little like a little nick on their shoulder Mm -hmm. on their arm you give them a little nick about something that wasn't right they still get (laughs) so you have to be really you have to have a really great relationship with that person to be able to have just that straight straight feedback but build relationships ask them questions let them find their own faults if you can and be their guide let them guide them to that mirror guide them to their faults now of course, there are some people that won't even find their own faults, no matter how you guide them and how hard you try and twist them to look in the mirror. You have to let them know. You actually have to come out and say what's going on. You have to be more direct. Now, luckily, if a person is the type of person that fails to see their own faults, they begin to fail, right? Because they're making mistakes. That's why they're faults, right? They're making mistakes. And when they see that, when, when you see that and you see that their project is failing or you see that their people are revolting against them or you see that they're missing deadline after deadline, they know that too. And then what you're doing is you're coming to them basically as like a concerned friend that really wants to help them win and and pointing out some of these obvious failures that they might not be you know aware of and you still got to be gentle about this. But when you come to them, you can come to them as a friend, as a as a person that really wants them to win. And you can come out, out of there looking like the good guy trying to help them get their, their self back on track. So those are some of the some of the basic strategies that I use to help people do a little course correction. If people need a little criticism so that they can uh, improve their game mm. for themselves, for the team, etc. Very good.
tough that's business, man. That's my input. People Very aren't. Good. People aren't. People aren't. People don't like criticism. Yeah. I'm here to tell you. Yeah, they like praise. You know how, and, and you know the other side of this coin. If you're a person, which you are, and you don't like criticism, which you don't, if you can open your mind to the criticism, man, you're gonna be so you're gonna get so much better about everything that you everything. do. If you can just listen to people without getting ego crazy and thinking, what do you know about this? <laughs> yep. Just listen. Yeah, it's true. Just listen. Nod your head. Listen to what they have to say. Yeah. They're trying to help you. Yeah. Right. We assume that they're trying to help us. Yeah. Well, Listen to them. I don't know. Oh, yeah. Are there times yeah. when they're not? Absolutely. Yeah. Because you but know, if the you guy... go in with the assumption that this person's just trying to cut me down, well, then that's yeah. not going to get you anywhere. Yeah. But if you if you make the assumption, you know what? I'm going to listen to what this person yeah. has to say. What's wrong with that? Yeah. Even if it's an assumption, and we're not supposed to assume. If I assume, you know what? I'm going to assume that Echo is giving me criticism right now because he wants me to do better, and I'm yeah. going to take them as as face value as I can. Yeah. That he is trying to help me get better. Yeah. Boom. Yeah, and yeah, that's actually really correct. If you start at that point, that's your default, right? Right. That, hey, this criticism is to help. Now, I might look at your criticism and I analyze it from a detached perspective and I go, I think actually Echo is just trying to drag me in the wrong direction because he's jealous and I might get to that point. Yeah, and it'll be more, way more obvious. It'll be way more obvious. If you started at that that other point where it's like, okay, it's here. But if you're just default, oh, he just wants to try to look like he knows everything or he just wants to, you know, make, if you start there. the place to be. Yeah, you can't even kind of discern, you know, if that really is happening or not not the place to be not the place to be next question Jocko what's the best way to combine striking and grappling with self-defense in mind never heard you mention MMA in this context only jujitsu with gloves on consequently how the teams adapt MMA based training to real situations what's your take on Army's modern army combatives okay so a few questions there how do you best um learn to combine striking and grappling well what you do is you combine striking and grappling that's how you get good at it you put on the big gloves we used to call it shoot boxing that was like a block of training that we doing with with guys that were fighting mma you put on the big the 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 relatively big boxing gloves and then you put you mix in takedowns with them so that's great you should do that you can do that with kids too you can do that with kids where you put the big boxing gloves on kids and you have them shoot those double legs all day long. So that when somebody takes a swing at them, they know how to set up, they know the timing, they start to get familiar with it. Because in a way, well, takedowns are easier in MMA because the person is not solely defending against a takedown, they're defending against punches, they're defending against kicks. So they they have to be in a different uh, stance. And so that's the way it works. Um, If you wanna train to get Combine striking grappling, you have to combine them together. And, you know, in the, if I've only mentioned it with jujitsu with gloves on, man, I've done a ton of MMA uh, sparring with fighters, like a ton with gloves, with big gloves, shoot boxing, little gloves, everything. And I don't know why I haven't talked about it much, but yeah, I've done a ton of it. And that's how I know, like, taking someone down with that's trying to punch you is easier. Mm-hmm. Uh, now it sucks when you get punched, yep. but it is easier than going against someone that's just trying to wrestle you and has a different stance, a lower stance and all that. So yeah, um, that's how you do it. You put, you, put, you put big gloves on and then also you can do, you can drill with big gloves on where someone's trying to punch you while they're in your guard or while you're punching while, while someone's trying to punch you while they're mounted. You can do that with slaps too, right? Mm-hmm. Like I mount you and I'm just start slapping you because then you realize if these were punches, you'd be in serious trouble. Yeah. 
So yeah, you can mix those things in and mix them together. Don't get hurt. Be careful. But yeah, you can definitely mix them. So now the next question was how do the teams adapt MMA-based training? Well, the big concepts are the same. The big concepts are exactly the same. You're going to have to close the distance. Like you got someone that's unarmed that you're going to need to get control of. Well, you got to close the distance. You got to take them down. You got to get control of them. You got to submit them or subdue them somehow. That that can happen. You got to be able to break away if somebody grabs you. You got to be able to break away. You got to be able to get up off the ground. There's some large muscle movements that are exactly the same. The striking parts are exactly the same. Someone's you know you want to clear someone or 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 you want to punch someone to get them you know a little bit dis, uh, disoriented before you get control of them yeah that's 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 what you're doing that's what that's what boxing is you know and so those things aren't there's so much of it that overlaps that the adaption doesn't have to be barely anything the adaption comes in and we have to do some additional training some additional concepts that you're moving with gear on that you have to be able to protect your weapons and your weapon systems so you you know you want to be aware of where your rifle is, where your pistol is, where your knife is, so that people can't get a hold of it. Mm. Weapons retention, so that becomes part of it. The 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 fact that you're working with another person, usually a partner, a, a shooting buddy, that's you, that's going to cover and move for you. So if I go to take a guy down, I got to be aware of where my partner is in case that person that I'm trying to take down uh, gets the upper hand or has a weapon that I didn't see so that my partner can get a clear shot. Mm-hmm. So there are tactical things that you do have to add in, but the fundamental concepts, there's, they're, they're so transferable. Mm-hmm. They're so transferable that it's, it's, it's like, you know, I, it's like gi and no gi, right? Yeah. It's like gi and no gi. If someone is awesome at gi, they're going to be good at no gi. Yeah. And at will, are there some concepts that, you need to learn. Yeah, there's some little yeah, yeah. things, but there's an overlap is huge. Baseball and softball, right? Mm. The, the if someone played college baseball and now they're playing on their local restaurant softball team, they're gonna crush it, right? Mm. It's not the exact same sport. Longboard surfing versus shortboard surfing, right? If someone's a great surfer on a shortboard, they're gonna be decent on a longboard. They might they're not they might not win the world champ. Like if someone's awesome no gi, mm. and they don't really train gi, they're not gonna win the worlds. But they'll be, they'll be damn good. Yeah. One of the things that I used to, well, okay, shooting, shooting. You got combat shooting, but then you just have competitive target shooting, right? Is competitive target shooting the same as combat shooting? No, there's no explosions, there's no movement, or oftentimes no. There's there's competitions where they do have movement too, and the more close it is, the better it's going to be. But if you're a competitive rifle shooter, mm-hmm. and you and then you do combat shooting, it is definitely, there's a ton of crossover. Mm. One of the things that I used to talk about a lot when people would question, hey, well, MMA fighting isn't, it's not good for the SEAL teams because you don't have any gear on. One of the examples that I used a lot was guys that were really into parachuting. And, you know, when you when you jump in the civilian world, you don't have a rucksack, you don't have a weapon, you don't have night vision goggles, you don't have any of that stuff. Mm. And yet, if you have a thousand jumps, as a civilian with a slick rig on, you're going to be infinitely better at the military skydive with the with the weapon and the rucksack and the night vision and all that. You're going to be infinitely better. Mm. It's the same exact thing. Are there some little things that you're going to have to figure out? Some details where that where they don't completely overlap? Yes, absolutely. Um, so there you go. So I guess when you train jujitsu, wrestling, boxing, muay thai, there if if you're in the military. 
you know you also have to make sure that you carve out time where you think about the other components right about having gear on what that what changes when you have your gear on how to protect your weapons all that stuff that i talked about 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 working with other people about the tactical situations that you're in because there's gonna be some tactical situations that you're in if you're not thinking straight you're gonna have a problem you ever you ever had somebody that goes well jiu-jitsu is not good for self-defense because what do you do pull guard in the street it's like no you're never gonna pull guard in the street yeah or you shouldn't. As if pulling guard is like the only thing yeah, jiu-jitsu yeah, yeah, has yeah, to yeah. offer. Yeah. yeah, but here's the, well, the fact is if someone takes you down in the street and you don't know the guard, what are you going to do? You're going to get your face smashed. Yes, sir, you will. So you got to cover both angles, but there's so much overlap that if you get good at the fundamentals of MMA, you will be really good at the what you need to know with the additional concepts on military tactical types type situations as far as modern army combatives it's a great solid foundational program and created by uh some great great uh martial artists that were in ground floor i think matt larson he's the guy that that kind of is the grandfather of or father of i don't know if he's old enough to be grandfather he might even be my age so i don't know sorry Mm -hmm. matt but yeah i mean he put together a great system and it's a great fundamental system is could someone pick apart some aspect of the army computer you could yeah but when you look at the whole system it's a great solid system to get people started out on so yeah. props yeah i mean any system you can kind of say that for yeah right? yeah you yeah. can pick it yeah. apart you can you can you know, you and well, that's why it's important to that's why i said foundational system yeah. right because it's a great foundational system because once you learn it you don't you don't learn the army combat the modern army combatives and then say okay well good now yeah. Don't need to train anymore. Yeah, that's not yeah. the right answer. Yeah. The right answer is you have a good foundation. Now keep building on it. Yeah, that's the answer. Yeah, man. Yeah, I remember I used to train uh, for MMA and pancreation. Yeah. Remember that? Yeah. Um, and I trained for a while, and the, the sparring element of it. You know, there's three phase because there's you know e- yep. even if you're training MMA, you st- you're gonna train striking one day and maybe even specialized striking stuff mm-hmm. one day and then you know wrestling and grappling and jujitsu one day. But you have MMA sparring, which is a full MMA fight with big gloves yep. and you know may or may not have shin pads or whatever. Yep. But it's a essentially an MMA fight and yep. that is one hundred percent incorporating grappling and striking yep. and take down it's yep. everything, you know? So it's kinda like one of those things where you get to train to fill in those gaps between yep. okay, one moment I'm striking, yep. one moment I'm grappling, and the strikes while you're grappling, yep. you know. And, and there's tra- and there's some there's some inconsistencies because if you were striking with big gloves, then you can't grab someone's hands the way you would with the little gloves on. Yeah. So, but you, like you said, what it does is it fills in the gaps. Yeah. So yeah, that, and that's what the train that training is for. So like, um, you know, if you're you know if you like to play guard or you have a slick game from guard or whatever, if you train like an MMA training or training with strikes and stuff like that, it'll really expose mm-hmm. where you're in danger in a mm-hmm. real fight because that guy's gonna you know that guy's gonna punch you in the face down there a lot. So and it's, it's, a, it's a faster paced thing, so it, it just builds your awareness of it. Yeah. So I remember that that even when I just go back to regular jujitsu or whatever, it's like man, I feel super aware of it, like yeah. almost like you're anticipating. Okay, I can get punched from I here. I actually think about that all the time. Yeah. I always think like I'll be rolling with Taylor, yeah, and because Taylor isn't like Andy, I don't think about it as much because Andy's more of a jujitsu fighter. Yeah. But you know, Taylor, he's an MMA fighter, and so if he's on top of me for a round, like he's in my top half guard, yeah. And when we get done, I'll be like, I'm glad that wasn't MMA because you yeah. would have pulverized my head, yeah. You know, yeah. and now do some gaps open up when people start punching? Yeah, yeah they do. Yeah, is there an opportunity? Yeah, there is, but. 
you're going to take some shots. Yeah, well, <laughs> and then at the end of the day, all that is part of it. You know, so it's like if you're if you're OK, so here's a scenario I'd find myself in where the guy I'm going against is a way better striker than me, mm-hmm. like way more experienced and, and just better. Yep. But my jujitsu is way better. Mm-hmm. So it's like, dang, I got to get this guy to the ground. So if we don't it, when we train this, it I get that practice to be OK. I'm going to use this guy's striking to like get For around sure. him or something like that. Yeah. I'm not going to like stand here and try to strike with him no. and get beat up this training session. But you, you know. do have to stand there long enough to get them to think to get them to forget about you taking them down. Yeah, fully. That's what I always, and you see that in MMA fights too. Right. You can't just go in there and start shooting on the guy because they know that you're going to try and take him down because yeah. they know their ground game is worse and so they're going to defend that takedown. Exactly right. And you got to get them thinking about, you got to get them thinking about that knockout that right. they're going to knock you out. And sometimes that takes two minutes, sometimes it takes three minutes, sometimes yeah. it takes a round and a half before you take your first shot. Yeah, and, and really to be real with you, it's that's what this training is for. So in the beginning, you might not even be able to take that guy down because mm-hmm. you're like, oh, I know this. This guy, he's that jujitsu guy. Now he's come yep. training with us. He's gonna try to take me down, and he, he's just gonna beat you up from the outside. And actually, yeah, what he'll do is he won't even beat you up. He he won't even commit to his punches because he doesn't want to overstep and yeah. and give you any advantage on your takedown. Yeah, so, so he'll just stand like you said, standing the outside, attacking you in the yeah. attacking you in the face. And I say that because that's kind of what happened to oh, me. Okay. So I'd go in, and then of course they just stay away or sprawl because they know it's coming, kind of thing. And then you know, as you reset from the straw, sprawl, he boop, boop, one yep. two kind of on the on the separation. Yeah, I'm no like, big, I don't no big know deal. that kind of stuff. Yeah, yet, no big you know? deal. One two, yeah, crack, crack. just all around yeah. though. You yeah, know? no, I'm, I got just, zero I'm saying I'm saying it's funny because when you say you know you take a one two as you're getting away, but those that punch is big boy, they stick boy. Right? Yeah. But after a while, that's what I'm saying. You get that training yeah. just through the that's training. You're like, you oh, okay, it. I know how this is now. I yeah. can't. It's not like jujitsu where I can kind of, you know, just go and lock up. And if I don't get to take down, I'll pull guard kind of yeah. thing. These no. guys, they're not trying to grapple with you. They're trying to stand back up. Yep. You get that training, you know. Mm-hmm. So when you wind up, you know, being able to take them down and all this stuff, you can like you'll have just way more of an, an advantage because you're aware of all these different elements that you may, you might not get in just jujitsu class. You might get them, but you probably probably don't. You get a guy who always wants to stand up. Mm-hmm. Right in jujitsu class, try roll, roll with a guy in jujitsu, just straight jujitsu, who only wants to stand yeah. up, who just would rather die than be in the bottom. He'll stand. It's so annoying. It's annoying. It's challenging. Yeah. It's something you need to learn to contend with because yeah. there are there are tactics that you can use as the guy on top mm-hmm. to keep them down there. Exactly right. And you get MMA guys, especially if you're better than them at like the jujitsu element of it. That's what they're gonna do. Mm, so that's absolutely. the training you're gonna get. Yep. Check. Boom. Next question. Jocko, as a leader of a team or business has decided to, okay, as a leader of a team, our business has decided to terminate one of my people. I disagree with their logic, but I'm not in a position to change the decision. What should I do to retain my influence to support the rest of my team, yet not compromise my values? That's a good question. That's a solid question. That's a, a tough question. It's a little bit tricky without the details of the situation. But you know, I I, I wonder what kind of relationship that the, the person that asked the question. I wonder what kind of relationship you have with the senior leadership that makes those decisions. Because you got to remember that our goal is to always have the relationships up the chain of command so that you can influence those decisions. Mm-hmm. And if you have that kind of relationship, then you can find out why that decision got made. And there might be things that you didn't know about, some kind of strategic outcome that the decision you know, has had an impact, on, an impact on, right? So if you didn't know it, but this guy had some kind of criminal situation going on and you didn't know it, then they can't talk about it because it's an illegal case, okay. If you don't know, don't speculate, just go and ask. 
and then you can take whatever those reasons are and you can articulate them you know down the chain of command and again you want to you want to ask this question in a smart way you don't want to say why did bill get fired hey why did bill get fired mm-hmm. no you say hey you know from my perspective it seemed like bill was doing a good job i want to kind of understand what you were seeing so that i can lead people better mm-hmm. if there's anything that i can make up for i want to make sure i'm leading people. you know like all those things you want to you want to help their ego and make them feel good and make them feel like you're on board with the program and not make them feel like you're going in there and questioning their call because that's yeah. just an attack on their ego so this is the, all these things it's the basic things right mm-hmm. the fundamental i hate calling it basic these are the fundamental things no, no, right no. this is the yeah. this is the way it is Mm-hmm. Standard. I should just say standard. That's what I should say. It's standard stuff. You, you're trying to build a relationship. You don't want to go in, butt your head up against their ego. Then they get more defensive. And next thing you know, they're going to fire another one of your guys on your team just to prove a point. You can get yourself, you can dig yourself that hole. But if you make your goal, hey, I'm going to build the relationship with my boss. That's what you are trying to do. Now, if you find out why, then you can articulate that to the rest of the team and and the way that you maintain your values is by maintaining your values, okay? So just because there's a situation that, or a decision that gets made that you don't agree with doesn't mean that you compromised your values. Like, your boss can make a decision and that, does that, that you don't agree with. That doesn't mean that your values are compromised unless it's like an illegal or it's an immoral or it's an unethical situation, which, by the way, a firing could be one of those things, right? The guy could be firing because he wasn't, you know what wouldn't hey he wouldn't give me the the keys to the vehicle for the weekend so i could use it on my private time mm-hmm. and i'm gonna fire him now like mm-hmm. that's unethical right there's a problem there so now your values definitely if you just remain silently you're kind of compromising your values so there are times when you may have to stand up but bosses make decisions that's what they do and we do our best to influence them now, if they decide something we don't like, then yes, we ask why. And if we don't like their explanation, then we try and explain our case. We try and explain why we thought Bill should have been not been fired. Mm-hmm. Now, you're not always going to be right. You're not always going to be right. And let me tell you something else. Don't argue about six and one, half dozen the other. Mm-hmm. Bill might have been on the fence and they decided, you know what? We've had enough trouble with Bill. We're getting rid of him. Mm-hmm. And maybe there's valid reasons why Bill should have said, but it's like it could have gone 60-40. Are mm-hmm. you going to put your reputation and your relationship with your boss on the line for over that little thing? Now, again, I understand firing people is a big deal. It's not small. It's not a little thing. Mm-hmm. Especially you have a good relationship. He's on your team. He's got kids. You know, like all these things are there. So... What are you going to do about it? Are you going to break down and and negatively impact your relationship with your boss over this so that in the future you have even less influence? Mm. What happens when they go to fire Mike and you haven't and all you did was go, "Hey, why'd you do this? This was stupid." They're going to fire Mike and they're not going to listen to a damn thing you say. Mm. You want to build a relationship with them. Um you can you can explain what your viewpoint is and what you would have done now this is like down this is talking to your team you can explain what your viewpoint was and what you would have done but you also you don't want to you don't want to you want to be gentle right as long as you explain if you explain that hey i would have done something different and you you also explain that the boss it was a tough decision and the boss made the call and that the best thing that we can do as a team is support the boss so we can garner more influence over these situations in the future that's good and you know what? One of the best things you could do here with your team is you can even explain that it's your fault the decision got made. 
right you say look i haven't built a good enough relationship with the boss that's why he fired bill i'm working on it i'm gonna do it better we're gonna give him the support that he needs so we can stop this thing from happen this type of thing from happening in the future so you don't want to throw your boss under the bus it's much much better to take ownership of it all day all day if you throw your boss under the bus and you create an antagonistic relationship it's bad for you it's bad for your boss and it's bad for your team and it's bad for your whole organization I get it and there's a dichotomy here because if your boss totally fired someone with not good reason and it was a great guy and if you just jump on board the boss you're gonna look weak so do you have to balance that yes you have to be honest with your people you have to explain what's going on that's why I think taking ownership is one of the best things to do your boss does something that's totally out of line hey look Here's what the boss did. This is my fault. And here's what I'm going to do to fix it. I'm going to build a better relationship. I'm going to get more influence. That's what I need to do. I obviously let you guys down. I'm not going to let it happen again. That brings your team closer to you. Rather than saying, hey, the boss was boss is an idiot. He doesn't get it. You guys, your people don't actually even respect that, by yeah. the way. They don't actually even respect that. Yeah. I'm not saying they say, hey, that's the boss's decision. And that's, you know what? We just support the boss. I'm not saying that. Yeah. It's a dichotomy. It's a balance that you have to you have to carefully walk. Compromise, compromise on decisions and directions and plans doesn't hurt. You know, he's talking about compromising. It's like compromise is okay. That's what it is. Compromise is okay. Again, as long as you're not compromising your personal values, your ethics, but compromising about a decision, that's the way the world works. Don't let your ego get into it. Don't let your ego. So keep building. Keep building relationships. Take ownership of the decisions and support the team. Keep building relationships, not just up the chain of command, but down so that you can bring it all together. Next question. Go. Question, Frogman. Do you think it's always a bad thing to be thought of as slightly unapproachable as a leader yeah so this is another question about the dichotomy of leadership it's another question about balance and it's a strangely worded question by the way from this this uh scotsman who i know it's he because he uses the question he uses the word always and usually always is always and never right when you use those they usually don't hold up as a is it always a bad thing (laughs) yeah yeah but then he kind of he kind of softens the always by, by saying slightly unapproachable. So, so we give him a, a fairly low grade on his question. <laughs> uh, but luckily, the, the concept of the question, we give him a high grade, which is, is it, is, it, is it, should you be unapproachable? Slightly unapproachable? Should you be? That's the real question. Should you be? Slightly unapproachable as a leader. Well, there's this is this is a question about dichotomy. The the question is about balance. Do you want to have people approach you about every little problem or issue as a boss? Do you want to have that happen? No, you don't. No. Right? Do you want to be the easy button where you have to answer every single question and make every decision? No. If you're too approachable, that's where you're gonna find yourself. Mm. Now, at the same time, at the other end of the spectrum, do you want your team to never approach you ever? Because you're unapproachable. Yeah. No, you don't want that. Do you want them to to be scared or intimidated from giving you good, honest feedback or good suggestions about the way you're doing things? Do you, do you 
not want that to happen because you're too unapproachable? Of course not. So those are the dichotomies. You can be too too approachable and be the easy button or you can be too aloof and too distant and too unapproachable that you don't even know what's happening on the front lines and you don't get any input from them. The extremes are bad. Mm -hmm. So what you want to do is you want to balance those two dichotomies. Be in the middle. Be approachable but not overly approachable. Mm -hmm. And you'll be good. Pretty straightforward. I think we got time for one more. Sure. Jocko, what do you do when you're broken? What do I do when I'm broken? When I'm broken, I relish it. That's what I'm going to do. I'm going to use it. Because if I'm broken, then I just found my limitations. And until I know what my limitations are, how can I push them? How can I get better? But once, once I see it, once I feel it, once I see where I was broken, then I can attack that weakness. I can fill in that gap. I can reinforce that breach. If you break, it means it's time to fortify your will to make it stronger. And look, there's there's all kinds of different ways to break. You can break physically, you can break mentally, you can break your heart, you can break your spirit, and none of those are fun, and all of those are going to leave a mark. But the mark that they leave can be the mark of victory or can be the mark of defeat. Because every time you break, and in every way that you break, while it's a chance, it's definitely a chance for you to give up and for you to just to fall apart. But there's also opportunity. There's opportunity to get stronger and get smarter and get faster and get tougher and get more stable and get more resilient and get better. When you break, you have the opportunity to show the world the whole world what you are really made of so so if you break if if you break the fight isn't over in fact if you break the fight is just beginning And as you crawl up and out of that 
dismal and wretched place covered and you're covered in blood and sweat and dirt and filth as you rise above what you were and as you take the form of of who you are supposed to be you will see that in the very act of standing up in the very act of fighting on you will become and you will remain unbroken and I think that's all I've got for tonight so echo Charles speaking of getting stronger and faster and tougher and better sure better maybe you got some ways we could you know support ourselves with those goals yeah facilitate Mm. getting better and stronger i like it push the breaking point i'll tell you that that'll push the breaking point especially the the joint warfare part that's the whole thing coming right in (laughs) coming coming in hot (laughs) yeah yeah no less okay so start with the origin right origin American made. Yeah. Boom. We're we're at the Origin Immersion Camp right now. Yep. We're sorry that you're not here. <laughs> Actually, we're up here in Maine. Or we're happy that you are here. Or yeah, if you're here, we're happy you're here. Yeah, definitely. Ooh, there's a lot of people in the game. Here. There's a lot of people in the game. Big time. A lot of people heard us say on the podcast, come to the Origin Camp, and they're here. And guess what? In they force. Came to the, yep. Yeah. Big in time. force. It's awesome. Yeah. Every Very level. Awesome. How many yes. black belts are here? Dang, I don't know. A I lot. Yeah. How many white belts are here? A lot. A lot. Yeah. How many people have never trained jujitsu? A lot, a decent number. Okay, to get to put into context, this is. I think we had to do this, right? Or, or we just did. Nonetheless, this we, is what we did. We're breaking up. Yeah. So yeah. we're everyone convenes in the morning, right? For on the big mats, and they're like, "Hey, who hasn't had any experience at all, or you know, under yeah. however a month, under or, a month, yeah, or something like that? Go with Jocko, guys, over here to this other mat. Yeah. The other mat was full. It was full. Yeah, yeah. So it's it's like it's like. The point is, it's not just like people who want to just, you know, get after their jujitsu game and they've been in it for, you know, years and years yeah. and they want to camp out and do jujitsu. It's not that. It's yeah. Like, it's and everybody. it's cool. There's a lot of different instructors. Like, like, yes, like yesterday, the Deco and I taught the, taught, taught the new jujitsu people. Yeah. Today, I think it was the Deco and Hoffa and I stayed down with the, the, the colored belts, right? More I think there's, I think there's probably the same number of black belts here as people that their first day ever yeah. on the mats was here. Yeah. yeah, I think it's about the same number. What, like 20? 20, 20 yeah. of each. 20 people that have never trained jiu-jitsu before yeah. and 20 people that have their black belts in jiu-jitsu. There's yeah. like those two. And then there's everyone in between. He, this guy, um, I was talking to this guy. He's like, he goes, yeah, today's my second day. I was like, oh yeah, right on where, where you know, when was your first day? Where was he? He goes, oh yeah, here, yesterday. <laughs> I was like, oh yeah, I forgot. I came yeah. one day after you guys got here. It's like, sweet. Crazy. But so yeah. that's where we are right now. Yep. We're Took everyone to the factory. Yeah. The Farmington. origin factory yeah. in Farmington, Maine. Saw where everything is made. Yeah. Big time. So what do we have? Geese, rash guard. There's a new gi you guys were extra fired up about. Extra, yeah, extra yeah. fired. Oh, was that is that a DL thing? It's, it's definitely keep that well. We can't show anybody, but we oh, yeah. do have a, a a new gi coming. Yeah, and we'll say it's it's very 
awesome <laughs> legit yeah but nonetheless speaking of geese origin the best geese the best geese hands down mm-hmm. everyone knows already it's like what do you call it? it's common knowledge mm-hmm. anyway made in america 100 percent made in america also rash guards all kinds of jiu-jitsu stuff those shorts those new shorts they came out with approved <laughs> big time yeah but yeah they got some some sweat suits too joggers shirts and whatnot all good stuff supplements yeah supplements. you know uh the supplements these are supplements that well how do i pick what supplements I, i'm gonna make it's supplements that i've taken yeah and dial them in the protein the milk tastes good is good no sugar what's it got one carb two carbs something like that yeah it's something like yeah, that two, i think just a little tasty, tasty. dessert dessert <laughs> but it's really what it is yeah dessert. you were talking about joint warfare so we got joint warfare we got krill oil all good we got discipline you pre i saw a lot of people drinking discipline like heading to the mats a lot of people drinking that discipline yeah man someone said it was in that big cooler i didn't go over there and, and check but oh, that would make sense yeah it's it's so that we got that that's origin main originmain.com you get all that that's our company we're making all this stuff and we're gonna keep making stuff until until we make everything that we use that's yeah. the goal yeah, and these are especially the joint stuff, man. That the joint stuff one is the one that is like an everyday go to. In my case, that's milk too, mm. where I'm every day I'm pounding milk on the milk train. Yeah, let's face it. and and you I, you surprised me earlier because I asked you because you always say you're on the milk train fully, fully, or you say you're fully on the milk train. Fully usually you say train. On the, yeah, usually you say you're on the milk train fully. Yes, sir, I am. And I asked you, could someone be partially on the milk train? Mm-hmm. And you said that that was in fact possible. I yeah. don't know how that's possible, <laughs> but yeah. well, you well, would well, have to. How many milk? How many milk a day certifies you as being on the milk train? At least one a day. Okay, that's pretty. That's that's doable. It's moderate, that, that's yeah. not crazy. But if you're pounding milk every day, that's the milk train, regardless. Yeah. But What's when you're most... fully on the milk <laughs> oh, train, okay. that's how, like- How many milk a day is fully on the milk train? That's like two, sometimes three. Yeah. Yeah, imagine, so basically with every two, meal- Two scoops? No, no, two hit, two, two situations. <laughs> to me, two scoops is minimum is one, for one. That's one drink, minimum. Two yeah. See, that's the thing is, I've got this new thing where I do these little hitters. Yeah, okay. these little I'm not on the hitter situation. Me and Theo Vaughn, we're hanging out. We're talking about hitters, <laughs> right. but he doesn't even know about milk. I gotta send him some milk, yep. so he can have a hitter. A hitter is one scoop. Mm. One scoop. It doesn't. That's the thing is, it doesn't make because when I have a double shot of milk, mm-hmm. I'm full. Right? There's no, there's no room. Like yeah. you know, I'm not. And and I'm taking some time to digest. Yeah. Right? That's a meal. Basically, yeah. you just ate a steak, a big one. That's how I feel. Yeah. Well. Now, oh, if, I have, if okay. I have a one scoop hitter, yeah. just get one of those hitters. <laughs> sure, hitter, and then, then, then you can go keep moving. moving. Yeah, you can keep moving. You can yeah. work out like forty-five minutes later. You can be in the gym. Yeah, okay. Be on the mat. That makes sense. Actually, now that I'm thinking about it, I don't take it. Like I'll do it for every time. Like if I work out, that I'll eat after I work out. Yeah. Well, mm-hmm. most of the time, but. Okay, so here's the situation. Got home the other day, woke up in a crappy hotel somewhere early in the morning, early morning flight. Woke up, didn't work out at the hotel early morning because I knew I was heading back to my house where I could be in my home gym. Mm-hmm. So waited, got home, was hungry, did a hitter. Did it, okay. Yeah, because I was hung because the, the night before, guess what, didn't eat. Yeah. Why didn't eat was working. So got home, it was, I don't know, it was like 10. Got home, wanted to, wanted to eat something, 
but still wanted to work out before lunch. Hit her. Okay. Yeah, <laughs> makes sense. Yeah, and then boom, still got work to do. Yeah. Boom. And then guess what? Lunchtime came and wasn't that hungry. Yeah, I had that hit her. <laughs> sure. <laughs> yeah, right. man. So you just sort of fit it in your whole thing. Yeah. But yeah, and then consider the joint warfare and the krill oil. Boom, every day, joint squared away. Yeah. I didn't mean for that to rhyme, but it does. It's all good. Skills. Also, good way to support. We have a store. Technically, Jocko has a store. I help make it so we have a store. Affirmative. Either way, it's called Jocko Store. Anyway. Rash guards are available. Rash guards under a gi. Yes or no? What's your opinion? Well, yeah, whatever you like. First of all, some people mandate it. There's some schools that it is mandatory. You will wear a rash guard under your gi. Okay. There's some schools where you're not allowed to. Are you allowed? Can you wear them in a turn? Some tournaments you're allowed to. Some tournaments you're not allowed to. There's okay. some rules out there. Okay. So okay. find that out, and then you can get one of these rash guards that say something on them, like "Get after it" yep. or something like that. Yep. And yeah, yep. rash guards, t-shirts. You can get hats. Yeah. Some good hats on there. Yeah. Flex fit. If you're into it, okay. Jocko's not into flex fit. Yeah. Okay. I dig it. Did we figure out the numbers yet? Figure out which more popular. No. Which one? Which one do people like more? We don't know yet. We don't know yet. I don't know. I remember the fa- I remember the flex fit phase, but I think we're out of it, man. I think we're back to. I think everyone in America is back to truckers. Oh, like that's kind of what we're doing now. I think that's what more. America. I think America's on board with trucker ads. Oh, I could be wrong though, because we know my fashion sense is completely in the dark, non-existent. Yeah, yeah, yeah you're right. Yeah, you're so. right about that. So yeah, I don't know. I'll find out and report back. But if you want a shirt, you know these shirts, the the ones that say "Discipline equals freedom." Boom. That's where you can get them, Jocko's store. Also, the one with Jocko's head on it. <laughs> this is good. More than a few people have said, hey, man, I really like you know your stuff, but I'm not wearing a shirt with your giant head on it. Yeah, and it's I'm not, like, yeah, it's not for cool. everybody. Not for everyone. Not for everybody. Somebody said, hey, is there a shirt with your head on it to me? Oh. And it reminded me, well, yes, it is. There is. The one Jocko desi- designed. Yeah. The yeah. dang shirt. Actually, yeah. So th- that's a, that's one little factoid. What's a factoid? Small fact. Small fact. Right? Yeah, I believe that that many people don't know. A lot of the designs that we're part of, like you know, Echelon Front, and you know, some of these designs. Jocko, jo- you made the designs. You didn't make the official one, but you well, like, yeah, yeah, with yeah. your left hand or whatever, like <laughs> drew the design. The concept is mine. Yeah. The concept is mine. But yeah. you physically drew it, though. That's yeah, the yeah, thing. Yeah. See what I'm yeah, saying? Sometimes. It's not like you said, hey, I wanted to do this and no, no, say no. that. You like drew it out. A picture's worth a thousand words. And I'm not writing you a thousand word paragraph of what that <laughs> echelon front signal or Thanks, what the friend. Jocko podcast thing is going to look like or what the Jocko white tee, whatever. It's going to yeah. draw it. Boom. Yeah. Here it is. Do it. Yeah, so you're technically a designer. No, you're the idea crazy, guy. Yeah. yeah, yeah, People don't know that. Now they do. Nonetheless, it's called JockoStore.com. Yeah, man. Get something. Represent. Big time. Big time. Also, subscribe to the podcast if you haven't already on iTunes and Stitcher if you have Android. That's that's the big one for Android. Okay. I, I think they have iTunes for Android. I don't know. Either way, whatever you use to stream podcasts. Subscribe yeah. if you haven't already. Don't forget about the Warrior Kid podcast. Working on it's. Uh, we've got sixteen out right now. I think maybe seventeen out right now. But anyways, more comment on that. And a lot of the good feedback I'm getting is that the kids want to listen to them over and over and over again, which is kind of cool. Hmm. So I'll make more so kids can listen to more of them. And there's stuff in there. It's Uncle Jake answering questions. You might think it's 
like questions up for little tiny kids that you don't get anything out of mm-hmm. I think I was just talking to some people at camp uh, I was talking to this one one girl and she was saying yeah I've, I've, she's like I'm totally into the, the warrior kid podcast yeah I'm on, I'm on number 10 right now. It's really good. So she's like, those questions are for everybody. I'm like, hey, right on. Yes, so yeah. Uncle Jake has a little something to teach everybody. You know, that's the way it is. Also, yeah. YouTube. We got YouTube. YouTube channel. If you want to see Echo's legit videos. We also owe the videos we spoke of. So we'll get, we need to get those done. Maybe when we get back to San Diego. Yeah. The two. Um, Let's call them. Yeah. I would say life changing. But they're yeah. two instructional life videos. Yeah. Tips. About tips yeah that's what it is. yeah that's that's much more appropriate that's good so you can also see echoes legit videos enhanced enhanced videos too sure <laughs> yeah yeah youtube's a good one good way to support also on it on it.com slash jocko by the way it's where you can get good workout gear legit workout gear want to vary up your workouts also they, they have a lot of cool other stuff there's this tri blend peanut butter it's but it's not peanut butter it's peanut butter almond butter Mm -hmm. and i think cashew so it's like an enhanced peanut butter scenario (laughs) that's what you use it for it's good anyway they got a lot of cool stuff on there like that like warrior bars and whatnot yeah warrior bars can be it's like a beef jerky but not jerky it's like a anyway look at it's good super um dense in like protein and nutrient scenario. Anyway, on it.com slash Jocko. Good spot. Don't forget we got the psychological psychological warfare album that you can get that has discussions, tracks, if you will, about how to overcome some moments of weakness that you might hit. And we are working on the next one. We're not quite there yet. So we're working on it. But yeah, psychological warfare. It's you can get that anywhere iTunes, Google Play, whatever MP3 platforms are out there. Yeah, to get them. Also, Jocko White Tea. Yes, the phenomenon. <laughs> it's funny. Like I know, and people know already. I know. I, I never really was into tea. Actually, even when the the what do you call it, the dry tea the dry came tea. out, I was like cool because I was yeah. you know I'm on the buzz. You were just you were just playing. You were just going along with it. The, but you in a way, in the game. The, here's the thing though. You I was going along game. with it. I was giving. I was like, a, what do you call? I'm it? gonna like go a, back and listen to those podcasts and see if you were trying to act like you were in the game, even though that we now know you weren't. Well, here's that's gonna thing. make you whole your whole deal suspect. Put it th- real no, quick. Put it this way. I was in the game, but it was like because I was like on the hype train. You know how you know how like no, when I was like, hey man, everybody, everyone's doing this new thing, and you're like, oh. I'm you down. Just, that just made you sound worse. Well, hey man, that's the truth. And everyone's going to be suspect. Hype, How do we even know what you're saying right now? It's true about it. <laughs> well, maybe it's all hype. Maybe, yeah. maybe not. You got to find out for yourself. That's the thing. Echo, and are you on the mulch train or the hype I'm, train? Uh, <laughs> that's the question. <laughs> well, maybe this is just the, here's the thing. So I taste. I'm like, hey, cool, cool. But it kind of, you know, kind of wore off. I don't drink tea that much. But the cans came out, and what am I doing? Pounding freaking tea all day. <laughs> Is that hype? No, because I wouldn't be pounding it every day. That's true. See what I'm saying? You wouldn't be texting me for more boxes to be delivered to your home. Yeah. If you weren't yeah. on the actual tea train. Yeah, we wouldn't be running out. I'll tell you that. Yeah. That wouldn't be the case. JP, JP sends me pictures of just Jocko White teas. He asked me the other day how much, how much, what, is there any amount of Jocko White tea that's not healthy? <laughs> I 
Yeah, you gotta see. So, uh, you yeah, gotta find he's out. like fully on the train. He might be one level over the train and into like the zone of whatever addiction. Uh, yeah. So Jocko books got some out there. Way of the Warrior Kid, Mark's Mission. Those two books. Man, that's one thing. Being up here, how many how many people have come up to me and said, "My kid's doing jujitsu. My kid's doing awesome school. My kid's doing pull-ups." Thank you so much for writing the Warrior Kid books. So if you want your kid to work out, to train hard, to eat right, to study, to do good in school. Hey, do those sound like they might be good things? Yes, get your book, get the way of the warrior kid. Your kid is not gonna listen to you as much as they're gonna listen to an outside source. Make the outside source something that you agree with, something that's telling them to work hard, study hard, train hard. Way of the warrior kid and Mark's mission. Also got the Discipline Equals Freedom field manual. I like seeing how many people give this as a gift to people. You know, just got this as a gift. I'll see that on social media. Mm-hmm. And then they get all stoked on it. Mm-hmm. So that's a little instruction manual on how to get after it, period. If you want the audio version, it is not on Audible. It is on iTunes, Amazon Music, Google Play as an album. Extreme Ownership, that's the book that Leif and I wrote. Combat Leadership Lessons that you can apply to your business, to your life. Dichotomy of Leadership. Listen to Podcast 138. We read a couple excerpts from it. That's coming out September 25th. If you want to get a copy of First Edition, order it now. If you want Third Edition, Fourth Edition, if you want to be walking around with a big flag that says, hey, I procrastinated. I'm a procrastinator. I waited. I didn't execute. I didn't prioritize and execute. I didn't keep things simple. If you want to have that flag, you want to support that flag, hold mm-hmm. off. Don't order it. Get the fourth of dish. Yeah. Those dishes are going to go out quick. <laughs> because here's the deal. The 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 um, publishers, they're conservative. Sure. You know? We yeah, don't really, you know, I know your first books, your first few books have sold well, but you know, that's no guarantee for the next one. We might just, you know, we probably should only run this many and we don't know, mm. you know, just to see. Anyway, we can run more. It t- t- takes a little bit more time for people to get them. It's okay. They'll live. Like, no, actually they won't. Yeah, yeah. They'll actually die if they don't get it in time. <laughs> so, uh, get that first edition going. Make the, Now, this is cool. If we as a group order enough now, the, everyone in that first group will get first edition because they'll print more first editions, which is the goal. That way, more people don't have to bear the shame. Yeah, and, <laughs> and it's like, and some people say, "Oh, well, I, you know, I I had first edition, but I gave it away, and now I have a new one." Mm-hmm. Don't do that. Keep the first edition. Is that kind of like when you somebody like, sent me the British edition of About Face? First edition, British edition. It's a different cover. Of about face. So somebody sent me from England, uh, about face, the book, England copy, British one. Mm. So I got that in my bookshelf. Mm. That's different though. One day I want to, I want to take pictures. So I I like have things that are the same. Like when I, like I have flip flops, I wear flip flops around. Sure. I have nine pairs all the same. I have about face. I got 10, 12 copies of it just racked up. Cool. I got my same watch. You know how I many of these watches I got? I think I got six. Dang. One of them might be broken. No, a couple of them are broken, but I keep them for spare parts. What kind of running shoes do I have? It's all the same. Workout shoes. They're, my workout shoes, my running shoes, all the same. Boom. The, so, what about my workout clothing? We're all the same. 
uh, never think about it. What about that shirt? That victory shirt? The victory shirt's the same. Same one. How okay. many of these have I got? Okay. I got a lot of them. Okay. So I, we could go in my house and just like take a picture of watches, flip-flops, sneakers, uh, shorts. Well, even my shorts. I wear the same damn shorts all the time. Sweet. So we're just, we're just doing it. Yeah. But uh, for sending me, and I'm, I'm going to send, uh, the person that sent me the British a dish, I'm going to send him some signed copies of some books of mine. Um, hey, on top of that, we got a leadership consulting company. Me, Leif Babin, J.P. Donnell, Dave Burke, Flynn Cochran, Mike Sorelli. We solve problems through leadership. That's what we do. Now, if you want us to come in as consultants and look at what your situation is and help you align your leadership, go to echelonfront.com. If you want one of us to come and speak to your company, go to echelonfront.com. That's what you don't call a speaking agency. Just go to echelonfront.com. We have the muster. Real close to sold out. I'm not sure if it's sold out yet, but muster 006 San Francisco, October 17th and 18th. Register at extremeownership.com. That's the premier leadership conference in the world. <laughs> sure. I think so. Actually, no, in the universe. Sure. Because I, I don't so. think they have any good leadership conferences on Mars. I think ours is better. Yeah. Even if they do have one. Yeah. It's probably all hot. <laughs> cold. But so, it'd be yeah. Cold. Uh, muster. Zero, zero, zero. Occasionally, still get questions like, hey, I'm 58 years old and I have a bad knee. Would I be able to do the muster? The answer is yes. The muster is anyone can do it. The physical demands at the muster are very, very little. If any, if you don't, you don't have to come and do the morning PTs, the morning physical training. Yeah. You can completely not come to that. You can, you're more than welcome to come, and if you come, you can just watch, or you could come, or you could do the minimum that you can do, and that's fine. So there's no minimum physical standards for participation at the muster. If you feel like you need to come, come. And also on top of the muster, we have another event that we're doing for uniform personnel, so military, law enforcement, border patrol, firefighters, corrections officers, I've been adding that one in, paramedics, other first responders, Roll call 001, September 21st in Dallas, Texas. It's a one-day leadership seminar for those folks in those dynamic leadership environments. Registration is going to close, so register. You can also register for that and the muster at extremeownership.com. And, of course, we also now have EF Overwatch. We are connecting spec ops veterans and the companies that want to hire spec ops veterans and combat aviation. Combat aviation and spec ops. Companies need leaders out there and we are we have leaders that we're connected with so we're trying to place them. Uh, that's efoverwatch.com and right now we've got an awesome response from all of our other brothers and sisters in the military so we're working on something right now to open up this to everyone. And until we see you at the muster or at the roll call, or maybe we won't even see you until another year from now at the immersion camp next time in Maine. But until then, if you want to continue hanging out with us virtually, we are all up on the interwebs on Instagram, Twitter, and on that visible Echo is at Echo Charles, and I am at Jocko Willink. And Finally, thanks to the military people around the world. Oh.
holding the line worldwide thank you for your service and in America police law enforcement correctional officers firefighters border patrol paramedics other first responders thank you for holding the line here at home and to everyone else remember that life is not easy and it's not supposed to be easy life is a test and it's a hard test and sometimes you might do great on that test and that's super but sometimes that test doesn't go so well and sometimes you might falter and sometimes you might fail and sometimes you might even break and when that happens use it Use it to make yourself faster and stronger and smarter and better and take a look at how and why you broke so that it does not happen again. Identify your weaknesses, come up with a plan of attack, and get after it. And until next time, this is Echo and Jocko.